Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. All right, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smack. Uh, dang, I, I need to change that. Uh, go ahead and click the like button. I'm going to say click the like button until I change it. And I'm going to go back to what we, we have for this show. And also go ahead and subscribe to the network and t- turn on notifications. You can also find us on all your podcasts and networks at Real Talk That Talk. All right, let's go ahead and get into this. So um, I'm not even, well, we're talking institutions and music education today. Um, and we'll see where this goes. All right. So here we go. Are music students at HBCUs focused on fun or education? Are music students at HBCUs focused on fun or education Quan. uh being honest i really don't think i really don't think honestly a lot of uh music educa- education students really know what they're walking into um because like i've stated i think the process of it of being a music educator um, during your undergraduate days is somewhat flawed. And I say that because of course you deal with, you know, your, your applied lessons, your music theory courses, but that's really it. Once you start to, you know, set foot in those education courses, like in my opinion, they don't speak the real of of what you're really going to deal with. Um, They really don't speak to the uh, fact of, Number one, you may have to build a program. Number two, uh, it's not about creating a marching band just like your uh, alma mater. It's about building adequate musicians, regardless if it's the middle school sector, high school sector, or even if you're going, you know, to the elementary realm. Elementary realm. Um, so, a lot of this, in my opinion, the people that I spoke to, a lot of them, they don't even know what they are about to run into until that first year. And then hopefully some of them stick with it. Honestly, I know some music educators, they've only taught three years and they'd be like, yeah, this ain't what I thought. And they'd be out. So um, I think, is it uh, fun or education? I think you go into it with the mindset of education, but you really don't know what you're getting into. And if you have professors that's truly not informing you with wise counsel about what you're really about to walk into then honestly you feel low-key uh hoodwinked uh bamboozled once you get out Quan, let me ask you this quick question at pv did they hit you with your look to your left now look to your right some of these music students ain't gonna make it nah they, they didn't hit us with that but we knew it i mean we knew it like my my freshman year we had Buku, you know, uh, music majors, voice majors. Then all of a sudden, by the time that sophomore year came, they was engineer majors. They was something else. So, okay, uh, Rick, our music students at HBCUs focus on fun or education. 
I can't really speak for these young people because I haven't been at the HBCU in, at level in five years. But I, so I'm just going to speak for myself when I was in undergrad. I was about that fun. We up here gassing, Quan. You always hitting us with that philosophical. Well, you know, we have to think about the feelings of the young people here. Hell no. When I was an undergrad, it was about what I could get next and who I could get next. You up here gassing, Quan. And I was and I was the bros too. Tight. I was hitting that stepdaddy. I was out there hitting that. Man, if, 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 shoot, if she was cute, I was on it. She was getting this water. I was spitting that water left and right. Then I got my ass in the practice room because I wanted to be a good trumpet player. But the main thing in my mind was I want to be a good trumpet player, drum corps, and and being the oldest cute dog I could be. Now, granted, and I know Julian is probably going to step in and say this, I wasn't what everybody would consider like this super out cute. Like I wasn't wearing gold boots every day. I wasn't wearing the nail your daddy every day. I always been in the fashion. So I was always on the dress daddy, but, and I wasn't out like being like ridiculous, but I was out to have a good time. We was hitting that sweat box daddy every Thursday. Cause Norfolk state threw a school wide party every Thursday. And I was there and we was hitting the step daddy. Um, I was out there having a good time. Undergraduate, man, shoot. Undergraduate, you're supposed to enjoy yourself. Yeah, you're supposed to go to class. Yeah, you're supposed to do all these things. But that's the best and most fun time of your life. I'm sorry. I And I think it should be. You know what I'm saying? I think kids should be able to experience that life before you become an adult. Once you get in that um, master's program, all that shit is over. <laughs> all right? You should be focused. And to be honest... You shouldn't get nothing less than a 3.9 to a 4.0 in a master's or a doctoral degree. Point blank period, because that's your focus. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I, when Miss Boone gave me an A minus in my master's program, y'all, I, I was close to T. I was like, Miss Boone, please. Because I was working my ass. Miss Boone, can you please give me an A? Please, Miss Boone. That's what you get, baby. That's what you deserve. I was like, Miss Boone, please. So. No. It was tight. But, um, yeah, so, man, stop gassing. Undergrad is about fun and having a good time. Some well, of us, bro, so I thought the question. No. So you, look bro, at the question. Music students <laughs> and HBCUs focused on fun or education? It's the <laughs> goddamn on fun. So, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I swear, when I heard the question, I don't know, I might be off today. Like, when I heard the question, my mindset was, like, is it about fun for the program? That's what I was thinking. I don't know why my that, mind was. That question say music students at HBCU. We was about that fun, Daddy. Matter of fact, hey, oh, when yeah. I went when I went to Norfolk State, we had an organization called 902. Blah ye. But anyway, yeah. Naked. Um, excuse me. Um, so Julian and I were both in 902 when we were at Norfolk State. 902, y'all, was literally the cool dudes in the band. All the cool dudes in the band joined 902, or they approached you to join 902. It was a made-up organization, just like many of these made-up organizations at these HBCUs. Come on, y'all. Y'all know Dorm 5 Dorm. Y'all got Greek letter names for dorms at PV. I was like, oh, my God, this is a mess here. But they be hitting the step show daddy and all for the dorms. Man, college is about fun. 
And then hopefully you make sure you you do what you went there to do, which is getting a quality education, right? You know, there has to be studying, but there also has to be like an overall experience. So in my opinion, for the average undergrad, college is about fun. I'll leave it there. My bad. You're right, Rick. <laughs> so, so, Rick, you're ultimately saying you are a complete smut in undergrad because that's what that's what I heard from from at least the first twenty minutes of your conversation. <laughs> no comment. Okay. All right. Uh, I had a good time, man. Undergrad treated me well. Undergrad owes me nothing. Man, the master's degree and this doctor degree beat the hell out of me. So I guess I'm paying for it now, but. I enjoyed my undergrad degree. I had I had fun. I will I will go ahead and, and admit that um Rick was not the typical Omega. But I mean, if you know Rick, he's not the typical Omega anyway. Like if you met him in person and just like know him personally, he's not the typical Omega. But in, in all fairness, his chapter is not a typical chapter of Omega anyway. They don't carry themselves like Omegas, and therefore he was very. Oh ho ho! We do carry ourselves like Omegas. We you do. know what I mean. You know what I mean. Here wearing those y'all, damn yeah. boots all day. Y'all want walk around with the chain daddies on and nail you every day, and the camo daddy every day with the gold boots. Y'all weren't doing all that. Y'all were actually dressed. So. Yes, in all fairness, no, you were not the typical Omega in that regard. Now, what y'all did behind closed doors, and I'm going to leave off this here channel. All right. Uh, <laughs> Maya, <laughs> Maya, our music students at HBCUs focus on fun uh, education. Well, I'm glad I just, because at first I was like, well, damn, after Quan went, I was like, I must not be clicking on all fours because when I was thinking about it, I even reduced it down to just students in college, period. Like, I mean, yeah, we can drill it down to, to music students or we can just drill it down to HBCUs, but kids in college, period. Like, and I, I wouldn't say that I even had a typical college experience. I didn't go to my first party until end of sophomore, end of spring semester, sophomore year. I'm serious. I'm very serious. <laughs> um, but no, nah, I, I think I can see that. I think pig, pigs. I think kids are just truly like trying to figure out what the hell is going on, or at least that's where I was. Like I'm away from home. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm supposed to here get a degree. I don't know what the hell I want to do with life. Um, let me just go and take these basics or <laughs> things that didn't carry over, so I can at least get some credits and then figure it out later. I just want to dance. I just want to have a good time. I just want to eat. And just live my life. So I think it's just more so about the fun aspect. At some point, you do get to where okay, well, damn, it's, it's almost time to graduate, or what am I going to do next? Let me let me hone in a little bit. So there's a piece of it, but I think for across the board for the average student, we just here for a good time, not a long time. Maya, hold on. I agree. Hold hold hold, hold the phone. Hold what? on. We got to go here for a second because you said it, and you went to PV, and so did Quan. You said I wanted to eat. That PV calf is trash. So what? Hold on, hold on. Were y'all hitting that grill, that grilled cheese daddy every day? Oh. Hold on, 
Rick, oh, no. No, no, I didn't no, even MSC listen, like that. To no, period. No, trash. No, wait, trash. wait, wait, wait. No. Listen, no, I, I'm not, because this isn't even about saving the PV calf. This is reality. Rick, let's keep it a buck, dog. You leave your house and you have unlimited food for at least three times a, three times a day. It didn't matter how great the food was. You was in there smashing because you right. We was not smashing that baby calf. Now, lie and say we was. Thank That's you. Not, exactly. My point exactly. You up, see, he ain't say a word, Maya. And no, on, he ain't no, say a word. The baby calf was serving the same food as the big calf. Was we smashing that baby calf? Or the little calf? Sorry, the little calf. When when we got out of band practice, we were. We was not smashing. We yeah, went in there, we, we hit that hot dog daddy or that hamburger, and went right back to band practice. No, 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 Rick. No, Rick. Let me let me let me let me tell the world about Rick. Rick is the most pickiest eater in the world. So Rick was probably smashing the hot dog and the hamburger daddy. But us normal folk, we was hitting that, what was that? That um that tater tot surprise. <laughs> we was hitting that mess. We was hitting them soul food Thursdays. Man, you gotta make me we all made in my mouth on this show. I'm telling you. Let me tell you how bad it was because Julian is gassing right I am not gassing. Let me tell you how bad it was. And I'm sure they did this at PV. They do it at a lot of schools. We used to hit the meal plan, Daddy, but you know you also get the little, we call them, they call them Spartan Bucks with it. Spartan Bucks. Those Spartan Buck Daddies was gone quick because we we had this spot on campus called the Grill. The Grill was the best food on Norfolk State campus. Well, we had a grill too. We had a grill food on PV campus, but Panther Grill too. That still, that still doesn't negate the fact that people were smashing the calf because it was free. Well, not free, but it was unlimited food. Right. Yeah, I don't know about that because we were hitting the swipe daddies. Yes, at the grill, we was especially when we got to the grill, and then they ended up hitting that Chick Fil A daddy. We had that Pizza Hut across across the way. We were smashing all that, but we were also in that calf hitting it too. You man, you are gassing. I know you gassing because I just remember the adulation we would have when we would go to other people's school. A and T, come on, dude. When we hit that A and T calf daddy, or when we hit. That delectable, delicious Morgan State calf. We was all, we was all like, "Oh my God, this is man! I am in heaven." Listen, I that is I don't. I am not denying that. We that was some really good calf food. That does not take away from the fact that when we got back to our own place and we had no too many other options other than going to the booty gate, then we <laughs> was hitting that goddamn on calf. Man, whatever. Your undergraduate days is the best, brokest days of your life. We, we were smashing. I was smashing that MSC. Matter of fact, I learned how to get them Ziploc bags. Drop that fish up in there. Miss Pat, what, what you doing? Nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, peace be under her, Miss Pat. Dropping that fish up in there. Go and get that hamburger with them french fries. Dump it up in there because I know I'm going to need it after practice because all we had uh, we had enough open after that. But that's the problem, though, right, y'all? Jack in the box where everybody else was at. But that's yeah. the problem. At UConn, we got a campus, y'all, that's open past 10 o'clock at night. Bye. And they serve breakfast, everything, 10 o'clock at night. It's giving privilege. Was a blessing. Reverse breakfast was a blessing at PV. 
Reverse breakfast when they hey. had breakfast at night. No, the anthem MSA. What hey. do they used to call it? Alumni. For, for our viewers out there, this will let you know that PV, I mean that HBCU culture or college in, in general is about that fun. We up here reminiscing on them calf daddies. We ain't talking about no class about talking about no no Schoenberg, you know, or no 12 tone row, none of that. That was that was important. But this calf, and which one was better? Because Norfolk State, we had two calves on campus. So I, go, I went to I went to Southern I went to Southern Cafeteria. It was on. I'm really? sorry, Southern Cafeteria was on. But to Maya's point, my very first party was that phone party mm. at uh, PV. I don't know if they still have it. If that was your phone party, if, if the first party was your phone party, that was a good way to start. I'm just gonna say that. But, but like, see, this is the thing: we never had no other time to go to no parties. Right. So when 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 Sai was in the, at the party, we knew Prof let us out. That's the only parties I went to. We didn't. I never went to a Knights of Columbus party, none of that. And then as a as a crab, and so, then as a crab, you got to realize you don't want to be caught at some of them homecoming parties. So, so let me let me say this. Um, yes, let me go back to to what Rick was saying earlier. Um, we did have a party every Thursday called the Sweatbox, and the Sweatbox used to jump. Amazing! It was used amazing. The hottest, the hottest, sweatiest, stickiest, slipperiest floor experience that you can probably ever have at a university. Yeah, that was amazing. And had the time of our lives. It was that party was simple as hell, y'all. It won't no water, no nothing in there. Nothing. It was a little soda machine daddy outside. No if you got hot, you had to go outside, literally yeah. outside. You couldn't go in the hallway. You had to go all the way outside. Because that's phones. You say what? With flip phones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I ain't had no phone going tight. I had to get the numbers on the paper there. We had the paper in yeah. our pocket. My freshman hey, number. Yeah, my freshman number. number. We, didn't, we didn't get them flip phone daddies until about, what was it, maybe 03, 04? I got my yeah, first right. phone, Quan, after my mom and dad, my gift for probating in 02 was my mom and dad bought me a cell phone. That was the first phone I ever had. Was what kind was it? It was a Nokia? Yes, sir. The little <laughs> dial, daddy. And you better not let that thing. One time I was spitting, y'all, this happened. One time I was spitting this water. I was having some fun. And I accidentally called my mama. And my mama, dog, when I when I got home, my mama was like, what was you doing last night? Oh, nothing, nothing. My mama was like, you know you called me on your phone. I looked in the phone. That joint said, mom, I was like, yikes. Did you mess up your minutes? No, he ain't messing my minutes, but my mama heard something she ain't want to hear. I just tell you that. So I had to, I had to put that on the screen. So you be a manish, so hey. that everybody can understand. If you came to one of them sweatbox daddies at Norfolk, you had yourself a good time. You probably and Rodriguez, Rodriguez Dots. I agree with you. Morgan State's calf is the goat. Yeah, that calf is man. Look, I what can't speak well is? enough about that Morgan State calf. My, we got there, Quan. We was about to play Morgan. And they hit us with the calf daddy. Imagine a line. This line was so goddamn on long, dog. You had so many options of the food daddy you could get. And that calf, and it was all good. And we was there for breakfast. Good. Morgan State to go to a calf. A&T is number two. I don't know who after that. Them, those well, are the top I two. I Southern wasn't bad. Uh, and I, I ain't gonna lie, Southern wasn't bad. And no. when I used to sneak up there, they used to have red beans and rice on every Monday. 
Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. I don't know if she's still living to this day, but I will say this. Miss Annette and the Big Calf used to make one hell of an omelet, dog. Yeah. And man, I, and she used to hook me up with two of them joints. She would hook me up with two of them little omelet daddies. I'd be good for the rest of the morning because, you know, by the daytime, I'd be hungry. Middle but the thing about it, though, like, Quan, how was it at PV, right? Because, like, for us, it was all about the fun, y'all. Like, the calf time was also, like, that was the fashion show at Norfolk mm-hmm. State. So like twelve o'clock, yeah, yeah, twelve o'clock at the big cab. We were there every day, and Miss Maz used to let us. No, we gave Miss Maz a check for ten thousand dollars a couple years ago because Miss Maz used to let us in the cab, y'all. Miss Maz used to put her job on at risk for us. Miss Maz, she'll take your card and she'll swipe it, barely put it in and swipe it. All right, yeah, go she ahead. Would, she would, go yeah, ahead. she wouldn't swipe it. She hit you with that light, daddy. I'm like, go yeah. ahead, baby. God yeah, damn. go ahead. God damn, go ahead. <laughs> But Miss Mash, but Miss Mash, right? Miss Mash, like Miss Mash was looking out for us, right? Making sure we ate, making sure we was good. So we repaid the favor a couple years ago, man. We all put money together and sent Miss Miss Mash a check. My boy Ricky gave it to ten thousand dollars. Go ahead, Miss Mash. That's right. You know what I'm saying, like Ricky Alpha. Yeah. Okay. He started the um. He started it, and we all contributed. So yeah, man, like. HBC, that's that's the thing about HBCU culture that I don't think a lot of people understand is that in addition to the education, we got people all around us taking care of us from the calf lady to the lady. Miss Miss Blake was in charge of Scott. I mean, um, Twin Towers. Her son, Russell, was in the band with us. And we Miss um, Blake used to take care of all of us. We go to band practice, the building. We got Miss Randolph downstairs taking care of all. Like we we had those nurturing figures. Right. That made HBCU life so much more, you know, nurturing to all of us. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, education is always going to be number one at the college level. But at the end of the day, it's so many other great things that are happening at HBCUs that we all have stories about and can talk about. And we yeah, I, think, I, think, I think my I think Maggie said it best. Like, I think if you truly matriculate through H- the HBCU uh, journey like you're supposed to, you're really going to end up finding yourself or you should end up finding yourself. And it, it takes a village. Like you say, everybody have that cafeteria lady that swiped the card. Like everybody have that one professor that may end up calling your mama to be like, he messing up. You know what I'm saying? Like you have those aunties, you have those uncles on campus that, you know, how many times your band director may be like, you know what, what you doing? Uh, nothing. Let's go eat. Like, like yeah. you have those, and you and you're hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just you just have those. I mean, everybody knows about your your y'all call it rookie, but you're a crab during homecoming. Y'all better get from around here. We like why? <laughs> you know, it's like those those whatever rituals that that you have <laughs> now. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that I went to HBCU, man. I know y'all do too. Same, and Crystal, yes, we are still talking about that straight scud. Yes, it will forever be a bucket. But yeah, man, like those experiences are important, man. So yeah, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. No, you good, man. I, you know, I'm always let y'all rock. Um, but no, real quick, shout out to Crystal, man. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out on Sunday, she has her show, Dive a Lady Band Director. We need to always make sure we tap into her show, man. She 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 killed her first first show on last Sunday. And she has another show coming up this Sunday. So make sure that y'all go ahead and check out Crystal and Dyer of a Lady Band Director on Sundays. All right. But yeah, man, uh, just getting back to the topic. Um, yeah, I, I can't disagree with what you guys are saying because a young boy coming from Houston, Texas into a space of 
you know, Virginia going that far away. Um, you know, like Maya said, I was just trying to navigate, you know, and trying to figure out who I was at the same time and being in the band and getting hooked up with, you know, so many people and then being introduced to the sweat box. I had never, I had never had an experience like that before. And then, you know, I ain't going to talk about what happened to me during second semester, but when I came back in uh pledge 902, yeah, we pledge pledge 902. Uh, you know, it's just, it was, it, it definitely was all in fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can easily say it. I wasn't I wasn't focused on no music like that, especially my first my first year. Not at all. I can tell you that one hundred percent. My first year, it was it was downhill. So, <laughs> but yeah, man. So I, I can definitely agree. And, and 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 it's crazy too, y'all, because like when I played Omega, I had a three point seven five GPA. Like I was going to class and doing what I needed to do, but that fun daddy was a one for me. I'm like, yeah, I knocked that theory out after this sweat box. <laughs> So, hey. Yeah, I had a 3.13 when I played Sonic. So, hey. yeah. All right, man. That was uh dang, I didn't even think we was gonna go in that far, but hey, I, I loved it, man. That was that was a good topic. It's my fault. Yeah, yeah, I wanna I wanna hey, take no, the no, time. No, no, no. Hold up, wait, 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 wait. I'd like wait, to wait, take wait, the time no. to discuss <laughs> all these no, stop it, stop it, stop it. We can't move on from this conversation just yet. We can't move on from this conversation yet. The reason why we can't move on, man, because Chief got to give his, his <laughs> right. What up, dog? What up, dog? What up, dog? Chief, we on here. Quan on here being phony, Chief. That's what up, though. I, I, I heard him, though. I heard him, though. Let's take a moment. Right. Right, let's take a moment to discuss the quadratic equation here. See, what, what happens uh, with the college students? <laughs> Quad, out of here. It's the top button for me, bro. Just want to let y'all know y'all ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Quad over here, straight gas mode. No, no, the whole time he was talking cheap, I'm just sitting here like, idiot. <laughs> I was out. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, man. <laughs> you was in the practice room, Quan. Quan. Right. <laughs> I had this. I had an agent. I didn't get politeness. I didn't get the question because the truth is, I just didn't want to be that that person that got that letter on your dorm room that was like, "Oh, he going home, y'all." Like he got to go home, home. Like when that TV when you when you uh fail, they put that little doorknob on your door that you can't turn a door handle. That means, hey, once we open, take all your stuff out. You going home permanently. I just didn't want one of them letters. Smith, man, that's that's super Smith. Yeah, about to say, that. Yeah. we had fun, fun at Norfolk. Hey, man, it it's good to see y'all though. Yeah, yeah it's good to see y'all. Though. And, uh, it's good to have a family all back together. Right, right. Wrong, right. I love bringing guests in here, but when we got the family, it's just a whole different vibe. Right, man. It's been a minute, man. Ain't seen hey, Mario, man. Mario, can you do what me a go? favor, just quick, dog, before we move to the next topic? Can you please back me up? With Julian, that that small calf won't talk about nothing at Norfolk State. So let me tell you. Let me tell you this. So I went to the Scott Dozier. Yes, sir. And uh, I would go over there and get the fine-tuned omelets from Miss Madge. You know, she was over there on the other side right. of campus. When we went to the small calf, it was out of necessity because it was the other one was too far across the campus. I wasn't right. really walking right. way the fuck over <laughs> other side of campus. Really. If it was if bodega was open twenty four hours, we'd have just went to that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you just and hit them. Hit that sub. It's a smoothie. Yes, it's sir. A sub <laughs> smoothie. 
You was, but I don't you was, first of all, you was you was sleep. You was no, sleep you do because you were just sitting up here talking about trying to make no. it seem like that small can food was no. here. No, what I said was we was smashing it because it was all you can eat. And coming crazy. from coming from where you come from, wherever you come from, you don't get all you can eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So when you got the availability <laughs> to smash, you're gonna smash. Mario, but, I was with you at Morgan. No, what was that but, Morgan calf talking whoa, about? Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me finish. But I also said we was hitting the hell out of them of them points when we was hitting that grill, Daddy. Yeah. True. Order them Pizza Hut. We was going to uh, uh, Chick Fil A when that joint got in, and we was going to the bodega. So I, yeah. I, I agree with I'm you. A, I just said dude, I'm gonna tell you, man. I I saw what y'all the question you said. Did people, you know, did we focus on fun or education, bro? I just jump in there. When I came to Norfolk, man, I came from Cass Technical High School, uh, the the Lewis Cass Technical High School in Detroit, Michigan. And um, I was focused on music when I got there. But then quickly, quickly, <laughs> very, very fucking quickly, I was like, yeah, um, ain't nobody better than me on clarinet, so I'm just going to go chill. I just went to chill. And then I, I, I knew that. Wasn't nobody messing with me, but like my rookie brother was probably like the only other person that was that could play like me. I was, I was like, well, I guess I'm good. And then baritone wasn't nobody fucking with me either. So I was like, well, I guess I guess I'm good. Like, and then it's because and I, and I think that that happens sometimes in these when you build up and I can say this as a high school band director when you build up your kids to go extra hard and then you send them to a school and the program is not up to snuff. That actually is that could be discouraging, and that could be contributing to why some of these kids and programs don't go as far as they pro- possibly could because they're not pushing them past the levels they were already at in high school. So you may have that some of those those issues. I know for me, I had never been around uh, that many fine women at one time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is crazy. It was first it was time crazy. I went to Hampton. It was crazy. Can you remember the first no. time you oh. went to Hampton? No. ODU, ODU, sir. ODU was scud. Listen to me, Mario. Listen to me, Mario. See, I told you we couldn't leave this topic yet. Listen to me. My freshman year, I would go to ODU every day after practice with Charles Kane. Every day. He had to meet over there or something? No, yeah. What's ODU? Dominion. I was going to ask, what is Prairie View? Is it another like PWI around Prairie View? No. The closest school to Prairie View is TSU, and that's uh, almost an hour away. Damn, that's, and that's crazy because North, like Norfolk, shares this the area with like mad schools. Like it's like even like Hampton is twenty minutes away, or so twenty five minutes away. Hampton, Virginia Wesleyan yeah, is got, right up Virginia the street. Wesleyan, you got ODU. Yeah. I mean, all these schools is right right around each other. Like so, it, when we went to parties, parties in Norfolk was crazy. Yeah. Parties in Norfolk used to be dope. I can't. I I know for me, I had a good go to time. the Legion, right? Nah, right. So, and it was crazy though, right? Because then KKSI and Omega, we took over the party scene. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it was either, either one got into the party, right. it was a wrap. It was a wrap because it was a span was a of about a good, a good, a good amount of time where you hit the. Uh, it was like this: first semester, you got to hit that Alpha Cabaret. If you ain't right. at the Alpha Cabaret, you ain't talking about yeah. nothing. Right. And the alphas, it was it got so big, Mario, that we made we we worked a deal with the alphas. We'll let y'all into the shorty short for free if y'all let us into the cabaret. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Hey, we did the same that. thing. We did yeah. the same thing for the pajama party. Yeah. So it was 
you hit the the cabaret in the spring, then in the in the uh, fall, then in the spring you hit that pajama jam, and we usually had the shorter short about two weeks later. So you had them. So the pajama, let me tell you. So back about to in, tell the history of the pajama jam, Mario, because every time we talk you know, about it, you, nobody nobody gives me credit for this shit. Like it, it's I like, do, it's, I do. You you the only one to do. So back back in I don't was it two thousand five. Whatever year it was, we had the first pajama jam. Oh, five. I was the one that created the shit. And I said, yo, we need to have pajama jam. So we, we have pajama jam and it's dope, right? But I went to the shorty short shortly after. Come <laughs> on. Our part is so big. I will we... just say, I can't even mention the stuff. Like, I know we, we, we keep it real, but I can't mention the stuff that was going on at that party. It was, it was like way too far. I was just like, what? <laughs> hey, Maya, I'm gonna put it to you like this. Let me, let me. I already got so big. Hello, Rick. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, when y'all had that joint at the Coliseum, dog. Yeah, that's the one I was about to say, Julie. I was. That's the one. Listen, Rick is my best friend. Now, back then, we wasn't as close, but me and Rick, we marched. We was in the section together, so we was cool. He knew I was inside. Listen to me. When they had that joint at the Coliseum, and I walked to the door, I was like, yo. Rick was standing outside talking to talking to his bros. I was like, "Bro, let us in, dog. Come on, man." And then he was like, "Tight, tight. We about to shut it down because it's too packed, dog." Dog, like, bro, Maya, on, we dog. rented out. We rented out the biggest arena in the whole Hampton Roads area. Right, right. And sold it out. We no, made no. we made twenty thousand dollars <laughs> off of that party, y'all. My yeah. undergrad chapter made twenty thousand. Insane, bro. It was insane. It was so many people. I was like, dude, I'm sorry, dog. Like, they are not letting me let no body in. Yeah, that was like, like, and then the, the, the pajama jam was crazy, but yeah. the, it was just like the pajama jam times five because it was just like was five crazy. times the people there, and it was like crazy. I was like, man, but, but we like, had we yeah. we had a good time in undergrad. I'll just put yeah. like that. I'll leave it at that. We yeah. had a good time. Did y'all have hey. parties at PV that was like that? Like, was like what parties that you just be like. If they threw a party, you knew it was just gonna be crazy. Anything at the Bat Cave, right? That homecoming party. They do like a big homecoming party right in the middle of campus. And that's yeah, but the tent party. Yeah, the tent used party. to be. Yeah, but but them, I, I don't lie, them them phone parties used to be so epic. Would have been a phone party, yeah. Yeah, bro, them them phone was epic, bro. Like crazy. Uh, when the uh campus they had a toga party that was cool. Uh. Alpha the bros, we had a key party. It was okay, but they used to have a, like a QR party as well. But the baby doll parties really kind of like was live. But I really wasn't that much of a party Did you person. Say baby oil party? No. no. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Come here, come here right now. <laughs> right now. Gotta, you gotta squeeze, slap that. Squeeze that shit. Yeah, come on now. Ah, yeah. Squeeze that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like mayonnaise. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I'm weak. My bad. My bad. Are you, are you but nah, I, I really wasn't. I really wasn't the party go. If it wasn't really a band party, I really didn't go to it though. That's me. Right. Tight. Tight. That, that's me. Yeah. Now, Mayu, I'm pretty sure she was the most one of the most popular ladies on campus. So, 
she was invited to free. You heard her say she ain't gonna no parties until sophomore <laughs> year. Maya, Maya, Maya. I don't think I. Let's keep it a buck. I don't even think Maya really realizes how popular she was, even to this day. So, I mean, yeah. based on the stories, if you got people wearing your face on their shirt, I probably kind of literally go to parties too. Like these creepers in here. I don't know what these people. Weirdos. But I mean, even I, I never even like. Well, that's true. I never really realized it, and I guess I still don't because I never had that track mind. Like I never thought of it like that. I was just there to dance and have fun because I was at that time. It was all about breaking barriers and breaking things that you know, being in a place that I quote unquote should not have been. So that's really what the focus of me for it was. So, all right. Man, that damn that went super long. All right, man, let's just keep it going, then, man. If you just <laughs> if you're just tuning in, buttermilk biscuits, buttermilk biscuits. Uh, uh, see my voice cracking. Up? What the hell are my cools at? <laughs> Welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like, Daddy, as soon as you come in the door. Do not wait. Just go ahead and smash that like, like, Daddy, right now. I was about to say button, but go ahead and smash that like, Daddy. Daddy, also subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. Also, you can find us at all your podcasts and networks on Real Talk That Talk. All right, let's keep it moving. Should band hand, oh, should band head fans actually study before posting? Should band head fans actually study before posting? Chief. Of course they should, but pe- that's the culture of our world right now is that people, you know, post first and think later. And we we get caught up in that that um, uh, it's everything is dealt based on your immediate response, your immediate feelings, like whatever I feel right now is what I have to go out and do. You know, it's so impulsive, you know, what I mean, and um, I think when it comes to that, though, people are reckless with the words that they say. And I think it's it's okay if it's a funny game. But then when it starts to get to accusatory things and it's talking about somebody's character, it's talking about you're downgrading somebody's program and you're shooting down people who work really hard to do, do something and you're doing it without facts or any type of like basis of information based just on your feelings or one clip you may have seen. And then just kind of like base everything on that. Um, I think we said that ha- we had that conversation a while ago about like some, like we're talking about Howard university and we were talking about the band program and some things like that. And then, and I, and I thought about it later. I was like, I kind of felt like I was guilty of the same thing I'm saying now. Um, you just never really know. Have you talked to Mr. Washington? Have you talked? Have you spoken to anybody there? Do you know what the situation is? And if you haven't, then it's important to make sure you get information before you start spewing stuff, especially when you have platforms that mean something. So that's kind of like you know the longest short of that. All right, Maya, should bandhead fans actually study before posting? I mean. Yeah, but then that brings me to what they gonna study because a lot of what's being talked about, yeah, you can be on the outside looking in, but if you ain't really spent two seconds or two hours in the shoes or in the realm or in the environment, you still don't truly know what you're talking about. So it was just like when you said that, I automatically thought, um, 
Never mind. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Talk your talk. Come on. No, I was gonna say it, it took me to like work when I think about this job now. When they be like, oh, when the uh when you when the resume or when your experience don't match the job or what have you, I think it's the same thing. Like I can talk all this talk or whatever, but when it gets down to it, I really don't know nothing. I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know right from left, but I can I can sway a crowd because I'm the biggest one talking. I can sway a crowd because I have the loudest voice. I can sway a crowd to think about, you know, to, to, to follow my influence because I'm like I said, I'm the loudest one in the bunch. So should they study? Yeah. But what what are they going to study? Well, what is there to study and how accurate is it going to be? Because it's still going to be hearsay until you are. In the band, March of Seasons, Swack Hours, whatever the case you want to call it, until you had an actual first-hand experience. Quan, should band head fans actually <laughs> study before posting? They should, but it ain't. I, I think, I mean, we know the reality of it. And this cultural culture of instant gratification is going to honestly outweigh, I hate to say it, a sound mind and a sound statement any day for what we have going on right now the reality of it is bro people only will believe what's in their circle as being quote-unquote reality think about it we had dr sanford on the show as a goat that has experiences that we could never imagine you know being one of the first you know uh uh head band directors of a pwi big 10 school you know so forth and so on however why his name is not being mentioned with the greats is because people only like what's in their circle and what's familiar to them. I mean, think about it. Some of us have grew up in households where sometimes our parents may have told us some things and we've held that statement or truth like it's gospel. And then once we get outside the house, we'd be like, oh, that ain't true. That's how I look at this generation of band. Like they feel like that their school is the only best, that their director is the GOAT so forth and so on and their truth that's the only thing that mattered so they're going to post and defend it until somebody can prove that that was wrong i mean unfortunately that's why we have you know specific facebook facebook groups that argue back and forth about what band is the best because that stuff is subjective but we really don't want to post the facts because we don't want to take the time to study that's too much like right so are they going to actually study hell to the none but are they going to keep posting? Yeah, they are. Hell to the no. No, 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 no. Hell. Uh, oh, shoot. Rick, he tipped. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, Rick, should Banhead fans actually study before posting? No, because everybody's opinions matter and everybody's opinion is important. Give me a high five. <laughs> Lower expectations. <laughs> not all about that. Yeah. I mean, bro, I, but how, I'm being facetious, but I mean, it's the truth, right? Like, the internet gives everybody a voice. Whether how, no matter how irrelevant your voice is, or how much your opinion doesn't matter, it gives you a space to give your opinion. That's the reason why we can't even deal with logic. PV went online. No, I'm not going to use PV. We always use PV. 
FAMU went out and posted that um, that um, Young and the Restless clip. Some good reception around the band community. Some. Most people, this boring. This some this is a boring mess. I don't want to hear this. This ain't nothing. Another band comes in completely out of tune. No, not one attack is together. Not one release happens at the same time, person to person. And that's the best thing they heard all week. That's the world we live in, y'all. It's anything that is considered to go against what the culture says is appropriate then, you know, we can't even deal with logic anymore. So I'm at a point now, y'all, whatever. Your opinion is right. Whatever you say your opinion is, cool. You're right. You know, I know what my standard is. I know what I like to listen to. You know, me personally, every band plays loud. I like the subtle nuances of music now. I like bands that do sforzanzos together or bands that play mezzo piano consistently as an ensemble and it's in tune and it sounds good. That's what I like. So for me, kudos to everybody that feel like their opinion matters. You you got it. And, and that's just where I'm going to be. Like I said, I'm not going to say nobody's band sucks anymore because these are young people out there doing what they were taught. Point blank period. So um, the all these band head fans we're talking about, you know, studying, no, we know that ain't going to happen. They don't care. They like what they like. I like what I like. Y'all like what y'all like. And, you know, they have the right to feel whatever way they feel about whatever band, no matter how much we or I disagree with it. So that's why. I am. So, you you know, what's you know, what's crazy that it, it comes across that music is the only thing or, you know, this bandhead world is the only thing that opinions can just be thrown out, you know, willy nilly. but if there was like something like a doctor, like you wouldn't question a doctor in regards to medicine, but we, we question specific bands and bands directors that have been doing great for years about their approach in different methods. But we're, we're the only culture that chastise one another, you know, challenge each other's quote unquote expertise. Uh, when these people have never set foot in these people's chairs, they don't, they haven't experienced teaching kids on any level. It's it just it just amazes me that you know we just operate like that, and then people will gravitate to the no name person that, like Maya said, didn't don't have no swag hours, no miak hours, whatsoever, and hold on to that for dear life. It's crazy. Bless you, Maya. By the way, but part of that Quan is because our art, which is what it is, is so accessible. Ain't nobody logging on to YouTube to look at surgery. Ain't nobody looking logging on YouTube to watch a person use AutoCAD to do engineering or to watch a trial just to get subtle nuances about what the lawyer is doing to be a good lawyer. Only our our profession and our art is one of a few where you can literally watch it. And especially if you've done it before, you played an instrument before, but you can watch it and you can instantly say, because I did that before, I'm an expert. After the fact that you ain't went to nobody's school for 10 years or whatever it is to get these advanced degrees that majority of the people on this call have, you know what I'm saying, music. But 
that you've honed your skills and craft over a year. If people actually respect the music for what you, what it is, which is a profession, then I think that that opinion would change. And that's the argument we were having before with that topic about mass bands. We can't even get people to agree that intonation and balance and blend are important. Why? Some people say because it it's not fun. We got to make the kids have fun. Or some people will say because it was cold outside that day. All these things that every other band is dealing with. But we can't even, like I said, come back to just simple logic of what makes music good. Forget the swag, meak, all these other schools. What is a consistent base for everybody that is, that makes good music? Is it in tune? Is it in time? Does it start and stop together? You know, does it have a good tone or timbre? Simple things that we will all be able to agree with. We can't even do that in the band community no more. I, I got one one thing to ask about this. Could, could we learn something from sports? Uh, I think about basketball first comes to my mind because perfect example is that uh, Stephen A. Smith didn't play a minute in the NBA, but has one of the loudest voices on ESPN discussing um, all different things about everybody's players, calling people trash, saying all types of stuff out of pocket sometimes too. Very much so similar to some of the people who are non uh, band members or people who marched, you know, however many years ago, you know, dogging out current programs. The reason I say that is because, um, they, they deal with a similar type of situation. Some people feel like when it comes to, if you are an old school basketball player, I want them to do the mid-range shot. I want them to, you know, learn how to have back to the basket basketball. I want them to be old school in the in that way. But the game has evolved. People say three is more than two. But then somebody say, well, two is more than nothing. So it, it it's like more of a, like the, the way we process and think about it. And I, when it comes to band, yeah, there is a there is the way we should do things, and then there's the way that people feel like this is the evolution of our craft. But the problem is the evolution of our craft doesn't include some of the fundamental concepts of the original craft. And so when you start to change the original aspects of what made it good in itself, um, basic concepts, you know what I mean? Then when you evolve, like you people use a Steph Curry, Steph Curry shoots a bunch of threes, but Steph Curry also puts up a thousand three pointers, you know, a day to try to get better and, and put and has the proper footwork and also proper technique to do it right. So the technique is there. And that's what Rick is talking about. The technique is there. So if you if you're going to have the if you want to do these other things and you want to play a certain way, if you have a core concept of, of sound and technique built into your plan, you you won't let yourself go to a certain like place with your plan because there are certain things fundamentally inside of how you you know how you think you know like so I, I guess I, I parallel it to to basketball because I've seen this happen exactly what we're talking about people who didn't play the game critiquing people who play the game talking about the old school game when they never played the game you know what I'm saying talking about the current people and like you know being this big voice in a room full of people who you know who actually did it. And so that's why you get the arguments with people with like when you see a Shaq or a Charles Barkley or some of the other cats talking stuff against a Stephen A. Smith because he like, bro, you don't know what it's like. You never did it. You know what I mean? And so that's, you know, that's kind of how that go. Perfect example. If you ever want to look up an argument, Skip Bayless and Jalen Rose, they had a big argument on first take some years ago. And it was it got pretty crazy because 
Jalen Rose called him out, you know what I'm saying? Because he, you know, he was talking about players and how people, I think it was talking about Russell Westbrook, may have been talking about him. Like, it, like they talking about him now, calling him Russell Westbrook because he's not playing well. But, you know, being disrespectful. Now this man doesn't even want to bring his kids to the game because people wilding out and being disrespectful. And that's type of the stuff we were talking about. Maya was talking about it before on another show. We were talking about, like, the, the fandom going too far or the things that people say and that, like, that, that competitiveness going a little too far with some of the stuff people say and stuff people do. So, that, yeah, you should, but they won't. So, unfortunately, everything we're saying is off of just moot points because people are going to do what the hell they want to do. Maya, <clears throat> God dang. Let me ask you a question. Um, on the dancers side of it, because there's there's like this now huge dancer community of fans um, that have their own pages and blah, 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 like all of that. Do you all on the dancer side feel some of those same things as far as, you know, quote unquote, dancer fans not being knowledgeable about it? So they, they boost up you know, certain groups or certain girls or things like that. Does that happen on the dancer side as well? It happens. It definitely happens. But I think that, I don't know. I think there's a couple of things to it. I think one, especially with um, so many channels that are coming out and with these pages, I think that it's changed from, well, let me be clear. There's definitely a prominent of uh, stance, and really go hard being head fans and this that and there who don't necessarily know what they what they're talking about technically, but they like the aesthetic of it all. So they can understand the aesthetic, they can understand, you know, uniform or they can align themselves with. So there's definitely a, a growing culture in terms of that. But I think that maybe it's just a difference between I, I guess when we think about dancers, it's a more a lot more feminine driven. So I don't know if maybe it's easier to appease or easier to kind of, um, oh, it's not that bad. Or, hey, let me teach you how to do this. There's a lot, it's a lot more nurturing, I guess, to where that community is like, hey, let me help you. Or, hey, let me teach a class. And now everyone feels able to come so they can learn a little bit more. And so they can get that technical background. Or um, if we're talking about gender identities or whatever the case may be, it's a lot more accepted on our side. So when it comes down to that nitty gritty, yeah, you will have your people who um, stand and will make these pages and these forums. But there are a lot of times when some of them do have technical backgrounds. It may not be, it may just be technical in terms of the art form and not necessarily having had been in a marching band or, or, or some type of environment in that way. But there are more times than not, I'd like to think that there are people who align themselves or have some way to have a, a more familiar grasp with what's going on. But again, there still are those outliers. And again, I'm not sure if it's the art form. I don't know if it's the nurturing aspect of it or if it's just a plethora of all those things or an accompaniment of all those things. But yeah, I guess yes and no, but more so yes. Okay. Yeah, I was just... I was just curious, but I, I get what you're saying. It, it's the dance culture or the dance community is a lot more inviting and willing to help and teach and, you know, be a part of. And then, like you said, that there, there are those who are just classic, make be classically trained, but not have danced on the 50 yard line. Very similar to what it would be like if somebody played in, in the Philharmonic 
but you know was judging and or critiquing what the show band or the hbcu style band was doing Um, but even in that sense there are a lot of people who that may have been classically trained or or classical trained musicians who may look at what hbcu does as like less than and blah 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 so and it, and and I guess it, I guess it might happen on the on the dancer side as well in that same manner. All yeah. right. <clears throat> oh, dang, I don't know why my voice is cracking. I must. Oh no, I was singing in the car just coming back from work. I was singing at the top of my lungs when I was listening to Michael Jackson. That's why. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Shut up. Talk. <laughs> let's keep it moving man if you just tuned in welcome everybody to talk that talk we have the unfiltered unscripted uncomfortable conversations about band hbcu band culture music music education and more go ahead and smash that like daddy hey man let's get these likes up them likes help the algorithm so go ahead and click that like button let's get these likes up also please make sure that you subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications you can also find us on all your podcast networks at real talk that talk while we are on this thing right here please make sure Hey, man, I don't think if I told you, if I didn't told, tell you guys, uh, matter of fact, I did not tell you guys on last week, man. Last week was my birthday, man. I had a birthday, man. I didn't turn 28. I'm so glad to be 28, man. It, it's It's been a long time, you know, coming since I've reached that age. I'm closer to 30, and I feel really good about it, man. So uh, because of that, I want to make sure that I give you guys something to uh celebrate my birthday with so make sure you go and stop by the store and pick up your merchandise your talk that talk merchandise what i'm going to do for my birthday is i'm going to make sure that for my birthday in the month of march that everybody is going to be able to get 15 percent off every single purchase so just make sure that you stop by the store and go grab your talk that talk merchandise 15 percent off every single purchase and i will make sure that i put in the code for your 50 15 not 50 good lord 15 percent off that is on behalf of me and my birthday in the month of march all right let's keep it rolling on to the next topic Arc oh dang it man my, i am jacked up today are directors content with the check as long as they get the shine are directors content with the check as long as they get to shine? Uh, since Rick had to, had to peace out for a second, Quan, you got it first. Uh, so just for clarity with the question, you're speaking about collegiate band directors or directors, period? Uh, I was actually, when I wrote it, I was thinking about the collegiate, but you can go from both both aspects if you choose to, if you so choose. Okay, so I'm a. I can't, you know, freely speak about the collegiate director because I haven't sat in that seat or nor received a check from a university. However, from the high school perspective, hell no, nah, we don't uh, receive enough money, and I'd rather have the money in my pocket than clout. Just saying, that's just my opinion. Um, and my thing is, honestly, if you are that director that wants more clout or shine than money uh to create generational wealth then i kind of possibly will look at you sideways because unfortunately there's always going to be somebody behind you that's going to reinvent the wheel that's going to be the next trendsetter so forth and somewhat but at the end of the day bro it's about creating a life that's beneficial to your family and to your loved ones so that your legacy 
can be intact from the perspective of that. Yes, he or she may have been a band director, but there was a father. They were a mother. They were a wife, so forth and so on. And then they they happened to be a band director that implemented positive change. But all that cloud chasing shit ain't going to get you nowhere. So. Okay. Maya, are directors content with the check as long as they get the shine? Uh, my mind immediately went to high school and middle school, um, elementary, um, that there is no shine to get, really. So, you know, maybe, you know, as long as their family's taken care of, I don't know. But again, I have no dog in this fight because I'm not really sure. But our director is content with the check as long as they get the shine. Yeah, I guess. I mean, for some, I think that's that's very subjective. It depends on what type of person you are and whether you truly care about the craft and your students and the environment and, and, and making a, a fostering some type of environment that is going to be conducive to growing the art and growing musicians. But I think that that's a very small portion or or not large enough portion, let me say that, of people who actually care about the fundamentals and the facts as opposed to just, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here till I go home. So I don't know if that really answers it because, again, this is coming from not something that I'm very um, knowledgeable about, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So, Julian, remind me to ask you a question once Rick and Chief go. I, I I have to ask you this question, but I don't want to interrupt. Will do. Oh, Chief, our director's content with the check as long as they get the <clears throat> I think uh, I agree about it being subjective. I think it, it's very pending the, um, the person, but also um, pending the level you're talking about because I don't see that level of shine for the high school programs the way you see it for college band, college band directors, especially HBCUs can be, become like, like low key kind of like celebrities, you know, a little bit, you know what I mean? They, they get their own type of celebrity, like the stuff that Brian Simmons was pulling with the, like uh, not stuff, but I mean, just kind of him going on field and patting his chest and doing like when the band directors do those kind of like antics and stuff like that, that gives them a certain level of, 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 of shine and celebrity around what they're doing. Now, all the work that he put in on those arrangements and all the time they spend in rehearsal, are they getting adequately paid for that type of stuff? I don't think so, but I think the acknowledgement of his peers, the acknowledgement of the band, the acknowledgement of, you know, just the culture in general, showing those people, Hey, we show, we, we love you. And this is, this is, you know, people don't promote you and, you know, talk about you and, and like big up you. Sometimes I think because it's an art form, we, we get that attitude, like, you know, that, that poor artist vibe, like, well, you know, it's, I'm not in it for the money type of thing. But I think when you start talking about the high school levels, it can be, it can be tough because you can be in places where there is, there may not be any money in the programs. I mean, teaching high school in like parts of Virginia, you're making like $37,000 a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's not enough to do anything. And uh, and that's not to down nobody who's making that much, but that's like tough for them. That's unfair to them who put in a lot of work and time to be, you know, just a teacher in general. And that there's no if that person does amazing at their program, what celebrity are they getting? Maybe they get a little attention at their state, uh, you know, 
state music uh, conference. That's that's about it. Some of the schools don't even acknowledge it. So it's hard to say, it's like hard to, 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 to balance that in the places where band is like actually advocated for and supported and community driven, then those spaces, I think the clout becomes a little bit more important to people because the culture behind it is supporting that person and their, um, you know, the allowing those kids to move through a program. So they, the idea of program becomes more kind of ingratiated to them and, and, and to everybody. You went to this program, you were part of this program, not like, oh, I was just in a band. So I think it depends on the area, the region, and the culture you come from. Band directors in New Orleans seem like they get, they get shown a lot of love because the culture of it tends to lead that way. Very, you know, you know, whereas if you are a band director in Missouri, you know what I'm saying? Does it mean that band directors aren't working as hard? No, it doesn't. It's just a different culture, man. So um, I don't think they're content on the high school level because it could be very tough financially. Um, and on the college level, only one or two people really getting the bread. <laughs> so I don't know. I can't, I ain't count nobody's pockets. You know, we see how that went with the uncut group. So, you know, we go count nobody's pockets, but I just tell you that, you know, not everybody getting the money. Yeah. You, you kind of messed up a scenario I was about to give. Cause I oh, was my about, bad. no, you good. Cause the, the scenario was about to, was about to be, I am an I am a band director in Texas who makes sixty five thousand. But, um, let's say, I don't know. Hell, I'm just gonna throw throw one out there. But it, let's say Alabama State comes open, but it's like for forty three as an assistant. There are people who will take that. Not me. <laughs> but that, but that doesn't negate the fact that there are people. Yeah. But my you're point, right. You are right. But my point is, right. are they going to be content with the check because of the shine of knowing that? Well, I'm the assistant band director for Alabama State. That's already happened. So your answer, you you know that's answered in so many situations. We ain't gonna go there, but. That's answered for people because you know people will take the lesser just so they can be able to say that they are a part of a staff of some college band program. But I think that depends on a person and their whole goal for their life. If they have a family, you got kids, bro. I got kids. So I'm thinking about my family. We got we got wives. We got like a whole nother thing going on. So like I'm not trying to no, I'm not taking less. That's that's food out of my kids' mouth. No, I'm good. They'll be all right. Find another guy. You get the next guy or girl, whoever. Straight. If you really want me, you'll pay for me, though. Right. Or they won't because they just because they know they'll get another cat that'll do it for less. Take it. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> Rick, while you're getting it out your teeth, uh, our directors content with the check as long as they get the shine. Hey, them Brussels sprouts hit, dog. <laughs> Yo, I had Brussels sprouts for dinner. Them shits is good. But anyway, um, that gas about to be off the chain. All right, the, the taste is talking about something. This camera gonna go off about one or two more times. I'm just letting y'all know because I ain't finished yet. But um, to talk about the topic, man, uh, having been in this you know position, 
I can tell you right now, hell no, ain't no directors content with no check as long as to get the shine. Because to be honest, if you're not a head director, you ain't getting the shine. You don't even get recognition for the work that you do. You know what I'm saying? And some band directors go above and beyond to make sure that their staffs get the recognition. We talked about it at the beginning. Delenn, he was sitting up in the stands recording. His assistant director was down there uh, conducting the pep band, and they sound great. Then he says, shout out to him and to the program. But at the end of the day, people ain't going to, like even talking about the last question, people ain't going to do the research to see who these assistant and associate band directors are. And if you, excuse me, if you're not at people's favorite schools, they don't care. They don't care about you. You know, the reason why people knew Brian Simmons was not just because of the antics and his arrangements, but it was also because of the school he was at. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, at the end of the day, that brother's talented. You know, he brings something to the table, right? So he was able to back up all the all the um, accolades he was getting from the community with talent. You know, he knows what he's doing. So I think that, no, <laughs> hell no. I was not content when I was at uh, HBCU, you know, as an assistant uh, or and then associate director. I was not content at all. Hell no. Like Mario said, we got families. I like living a certain lifestyle. I'm not about to be out here asking where my next check daddy coming from. And, you know, what I'm saying, am I going to be able to feed myself or pay my light bill? Hell no. But that brings up another topic, right, which is we still musicians. You got to find other ways of getting yourself out there to to, you know, to do what you need to do. I don't have a problem with a person going from 65 to 43 in that job if they're playing on the side. You know, maybe they pick up a church gig playing every Sunday. Maybe they're doing clinic work at different schools. You know what I'm saying? And not doing it for free because for God's sake, people stop doing stuff for free. I know people got mad at me when I said on the show, I don't give a damn. This is our profession. I don't do nothing for free. Zero. All right. Pro bono. Uh, that word is that's foreign to me. All right. This is my profession. I went to school many, many years to be able to do what I do. You know what I'm saying? Do I want to help? Yes. But my service is not free. If you get in trouble with the law, your brother or sister, or whoever cousin could be a lawyer. Most of them want money. Yeah, I love you, but I need that check. Dad. You know what I'm saying? Stop expecting stuff for free. So uh, putting yourself in other situations that will lead to what you want, because most people that go into a so assistant or associate the head director position, most, not all, but most want to be a director of bands themselves. And that was is what will lead you to that next thing. There's nothing wrong with sacrifice as long as you're also putting yourself in other streams of revenue, you know, to to supplement what you want to do. And that's what I was doing. I was teaching at the university. I was teaching drum corps. I was still playing. And, you know, I was doing clinics, writing music for people. I was doing everything to, you know, be able to make up for what I wasn't making for the university. And then the last thing is these damn HBCUs are to be ashamed of themselves because they pay significantly less than their counterparts. And don't give me the, the whole, um, well, we're an HBCU, so we can't pay that. That's bullshit because you plan them English professors and those science professors and those mathematics professors, the big money. 
So what's the difference? I know people, or I'm not going to say no names. I know people with doctorate degrees teaching at universities making 65. Doctorate degrees, your, your loans <laughs> will take up majority of your check. You know what I'm saying? But they're, they're teaching at these HBCUs because they want to make sure that they're giving back to the community. But that's bull. I'm sorry. I want to give back to my community just like the next person. But I also don't want to be a starving artist to do so. So to answer the question, no. I don't think no band directors are, are adamant with the check, Daddy. I think some have gotten in trouble because they weren't adamant you know, with that check. But that's just briefly to talk about the other side, though. The shine part helps, maybe, depending on where you are. But how many bands are actually getting the shine? Very few. You know, there are 100 and something HBCUs. I think we can count on seven. You're right, 107. And I think we probably consistently talk about 20. So, yeah, no, man. I think at the end of the day, Band directors want what's in the best interest of their students, but most importantly, of themselves, too. You got to be able to make a living doing this job. And these HBCUs ought to be ashamed of themselves paying people 40000 and then expecting all that damn work being there. Man, I would, Mario, I would go to work at 9 in the morning. Uh, sorry, 8 in the morning because I had an 8 o'clock class. I taught music uh, appreciation at PV. I would get there uh, at early in the morning to teach that class. And I wouldn't leave PB until 11, 12 o'clock at night, every single day. When I first got there, my first year there, and I was making $40,000, my first year of PB. You know, and then if you got us, if they got a celebrity player, former NFL player to coach the football team, they would find a way to pay him. The football coach made more money than the president. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they'll find people find money to do the stuff they want to do. Yeah. And I know as a high school banner, we say this all the time about whether it's like something we need for band or something you need to do for school, but then you got fancy cell phone, fancy right. sneakers, fancy this. And you you get you find the money when you for the things you want. But it was but it was more things you value. But it was more cutthroat than that, Mario. Like, check this. I'm like, man, this this is talk that talk. We get uncut, unfiltered. I don't care. I don't work there no more. The president at the time was George C. Wright. He was firing people all around campus because they wouldn't do what he told them to do, even if it was illegal. The chief of police got fired. A bunch of administrators were stuff around campus. Never mind the fact that my integrity is important. Oh, you ain't do what I said? Fired. And then it was crazy because he was making $400,000 a year you know what I'm saying? And you got people that are there longer than you are making 40. And the expectation was, well, either take it or you can go. Like, so it got to a point where you, people got to know what their rights are, Mario. A lot of HBCU professors, especially young professors, don't know what their rights are. At UConn, we have a, 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 what's called an ombudsman. And the ombudsman is a mediator between you and, and the other, you know, the fact, the staff or whoever you may have a complaint against. So you never you don't have to necessarily have like a face to face like confrontation. Right. This person is a mediator on your behalf. Human resource departments are there for you. They aren't there just for hiring people and making sure your paperwork. Gets, that's not just their job. Their job is there so that you can go and report an issue and not get retaliated against. 
And we, and as I just said, it was a lot of retaliation going on. Do your job and like it. So at the end of the day, man, you got to know your rights. You got to know what you can and can't do as a staff member. But you have to have a school that supports you and wants your success. And part of your happiness and success is feeling like you're appreciated, both through financial conversation and through accolades when you do something good. Not just getting called into the president's office when you do something bad. When we got, um, and I'm sure Julian will jump in on this one. We um we had an amazing year, man. The band did like a bunch of great things. It was it was awesome, and um, the school actually showed us some appreciation. It was it was awesome, man. It was a welcome surprise. I'll put it there. Like they actually like we were like we would we. It was an amazing year. So I'll just say you, you talking know, about the dinner? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh-uh. yeah. But at the end of the day, you gotta you know you gotta respect, especially when you have good people. Right. You have to show them respect through financial compensation and accolades, appreciation. So I'll leave it there. The dinner was good, though. I do want to Ruth Chris. It was delicious. Can't yeah, Brussels sprouts? No, nah, I had no, that the casserole, daddy. That, that casserole was right on time. <laughs> yes, sir. And then they hit us with the, with the cheesecake at the end. Yeah. But but then everybody got the, I got to watch daddy. But we ain't gonna talk about that. Um, Quan, what was your, what was your question? Well, Rick kind of kind of uh, you know spoke on it. My question was going to be: Well, do you believe that people honestly get jobs off of clout, even though they may not have the degrees or the experience? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. So if so, Brussels <laughs> So so if that's if that's the case, do you see the next trend of more? band directors shooting for the clout because they may feel like that's eventually they're going to get the job of their dreams because they have the clout. Uh, I personally believe that 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 is going to, that can be a high possibility only because I think that that is unfortunately what this culture is breeding. Yeah. Because I think clout that equals not, followers, right? Cloud is equal to followers. Yep. I think right. a lot of people look at the Brian Simmons situation and a lot of young band directors are probably going to think that that is going to be the same situation as them. But as Rick said, Brian Simmons has something to go along with all of the other things that he's brought to the table, which is talent. Right. Actual talent. <laughs> right. So I think I think that that's probably that probably could happen. I think that we might run into the Steph Curry situation of band directing. Where everybody think that they can shoot threes like Steph, but everybody can't shoot threes like Steph. Yep. Yep. I disagree. And I disagree from one standpoint, y'all. Why? Y'all want to hear this? Yeah, I disagree from one standpoint. I agree with the clout chasing part, but I disagree because I don't think everybody feels that way. Because I think the clout part comes from what program you're associated with. There's a lot of people that do crazy stuff, you know, and, you know, for videos and for likes. But if you don't got that Southern behind your name, it don't matter. It doesn't. I'm sorry, man. Like that Southern means something in the HBCU band community. You know, like I, you already said that that brother Brian Simmons is talented. He's a young man, but you know, there's something there. If Brian Simmons went to Winston-Salem, I don't know if he would have had that same 
you know, opportunity to show what he can actually do. Even just being a student and going straight from being a student into a college manager, you know, like I just don't know. So I think the fact that a he's a super talented brother, a he surrounded himself with a bunch of talented people, but most importantly. He has the band pedigree. He has the right name behind. It's like when a, a judge says they want to go to they want to go to the Supreme Court or something like that. If you don't have Harvard or Yale behind your name, it's going to be tough. There's a certain pedigree that people expect. And I think that's the same thing when it comes to this whole thing we're talking about with clout. You got to have the right school behind your name. Maybe Jackson, you know, maybe FAMU, but. I was going to say them three. That was about, that's about it. That's where it yeah. stops. Yeah. And can can I be can I be really honest with you? And I'm I know this we are unfit. I feel like that's for that's that's a bunch of bullshit. Like like real talk because it's like it sets a precedence to where it's like and I get it. Those schools are are like the pillars of the HBCU culture from marching band. But I don't, I don't know, bro. I I, I I kind of feel some type of way because prime example, like I know like Crystal uh, again, shout out, you know, awesome show last Sunday. I feel like real talk. She, she, she has, in my opinion, has the pedigree pedagogy understanding to be a, a director of band at a, at, at the collegiate level. That's but just Quan, but Quan, you've heard me ask on the show many times. It's a lot of female band directors that are dope as fuck, man. I, 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 yeah. I I've asked that on the show. Why aren't right. there more female directors? Right. And the answer is this, Quan. Your 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 synopsis is absolutely valid. Valid. But the fact of the matter is, Quan, at the HBCU level, the marching band pays some of the bills, mm-hmm. and the marching band is the most visible thing that people see. So you can have a a kick ass went ensemble, but no one cares because at the end of the day, what they're going to put up on the commercials and on the billboards and stuff is the marching band. Especially no, right. if the marching band is legit. Right. So, and, and Justin Funny talking about President One Bands to be like, it's shooting. I don't, I don't agree with that shit. No, it's true. Like I said, I mean, <laughs> no, whoa, whoa. It's true. And the only reason why I know it's true is because the before Gordon, I knew the, the band director the the prior assistant band director at Langston. Yeah. And just to let you know, like he told me straight up, the 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 year that they were removed from the position, mm-hmm. they were following, they were playing Southern the next year. Langston's right. band prior to Gordon didn't even have that that type of style. Right. Uh, and the president wanted a Southern-esque type of style to go against Southern. But, I mean, the sub, the president, first of all, the president is from Southern. And then if you go look at the old yeah, clips of length, huh? That still kind of goes against the same, go with the same thing. Though. But, you know, go ahead. Well, yeah, from, from, that, from that perspective, yeah. But then also the previous, you know, if you go look at the old school clips of Langston, shit, their band director was from Southern. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I know at one point I think his name Dr. Jackson. He's at I think Southern uh, Southern University of Shreveport now. Like you from Southern, so it's it's like I, I get what people say about that, but I just feel like it's like damn, like and like I say, I respect Southern for what it is. I respect FAMU for what it is. I respect Jackson, but damn, it it got to get to the point where like you got to stand on your own. And I feel like a lot of like great 
musicians and band directors are being passed by behind a goddamn name when it's like I see people build great bands from the high school level, so forth and so on. Like I know for for a fact, uh, even like you know, Prof Thornton was offered positions, but he had a sense of loyalty to Willow Ridge and didn't want to transition. Like, like because he was just a dope ass band director. Like when 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 are we going to get to the point in the HBC realm where you your resume stands on its own. I don't give a damn if you graduated from Podunk University, but if you're able to create a quality marching band, a quality one ensemble, and you're pushing kids out to graduate, and then they're graduating if it's music education certified, why the hell you don't want that person? Like, like I think this is the shit that frustrates me the most, like real talk, because we go through, and I'm not shitting on nobody who have a, a uh, a collegiate position, but it does piss me off though. Real talk. I see some of these people getting these positions and they can't even be on faculty because they don't even have fucking masters of music. So I'm supposed to respect that, but I got to listen to the opinions of others. Man, miss me with that shit. I, I just feel some type of way. That's, I, that's why I can't argue with Maya about dance. That's not my expertise. So I'm going to go call Maya real talk when it's time for the dance stuff. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Oh no! Tell me if I'm wrong, y'all. I'm the, you know, I'm the second youngest on here. I'm a hothead, but tell me if I'm wrong. I can agree with you. I understand exactly where you come from. I think, I think it can play. It can play on both sides. Actually, I just saw. I just saw what she just said. It can play on both sides. What Crystal was talking about, like, you know, going to small schools and being a big fish in a little pond in certain places. Like if you're real good, you can stand out because your school's a little smaller and you're you're you are so effing dope. You come up, you just like sit above the fray. You know what I mean? Some programs are like that, and and it just I guess it just really depends on where you are. You know what I mean? It just really depends on where you are. We um we live in a world now where um if you're dope, there is platforms to show your dopeness. Um, whereas it may not have been 25 years ago, pre everybody having a, you know, you know, computer in their pocket. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a different world now. So I think there is opportunity for you to be, I think it just happens faster when you are associated to certain schools and universities, but I think there's still opportunity for you to get that acknowledgement and recognition and possibly the job. I just think when it comes down to it, like you're talking about Quan, if we're in the, in the uh, I was about to say the fail clutch of circumstance, if we're in a situation where, there are some decisions to be made with two people. I got one who has all these credentials and I have another one with some credentials, but they come from big school. You know, a lot of times, depending on the person that's hiring, they go with the splash. They go with the splash and, and the pizzazz of it because their job security may be attached to their hire. And so they're thinking about, say, we look, we hired this person from X, Y, and Z, and this will look good for our program. But they know in their heart that the person they probably should hire is another person that may have it all together and really give them an actual um, blueprint as to how to build that program properly. So it just depends on the school and the situation. So it's very subjective. I but it also has to deal with hiring practices, right? I mean, let's be honest. Quantum brought up a very interesting point. A person doesn't even have a master's degree to be able to teach in the classroom. If we're doing this the right way, they shouldn't even be teaching college. Better yet, Correct. being somebody's head director. Correct. 
you ain't going to the University of Memphis or Minnesota or or whatever university or whatever, any state, the University of Hawaii, wherever, without a master's degree, talking about you to somebody's band director. Most of them want doctorate degrees. You know, so first and foremost, Quan, we got a lot of people getting jobs that shouldn't be. Brand. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, that's the first part of it. Like, let if, hiring, if your hiring committee is willing to put aside every facet of collegiate uh, uh, education to hire somebody because they went to a certain school, then that's that's a that's a whole another conversation. All right, we can talk about that on a, you know, maybe maybe that needs to be a question in itself. But I think the biggest issue on top of that is. Band heads have taken over music education, y'all, at the collegiate level. It was a slow process, but now it is expected that you, well, I ain't going to say all music, all, because all conferences are the same, right? Some schools have, you know, like FAMU, that staff, top notch. Thanks, man. Tennessee State, top notch. But there are some people that's running band programs. They got students doing most of the work. You know what I'm saying? I'll just leave it there. Or got, you know, unqualified people in high positions, you know, that are running these programs into the ground. So there, this is a larger conversation, y'all. I don't, I don't think this que- this topic is enough to really address a lot of the issues that come out of this. But just know we still got work to do with our programs to move them forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Rick, you really you shut it down. You could have kept it going, but it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, but I'm glad you did because we got to move on. Because you know, I'll be got, having to get y'all out of here because I know y'all. What the hell just happened to Quan? We already know it's that shit ass internet. Don't, don't try to act like y'all yeah, he, he ain't got the phone and internet at school. Anyway, well, we got to keep moving, man. If you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like, daddy. Yeah, man, come on. Let's get these likes up. Go ahead and smash that like, daddy. Let's get these algorithms going. Was that a bear with a heart on it? Oh, that was a pillow. Okay. My bad. All right. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications. You can also find us at all your podcasts and networks at Real Talk That Talk. Uh, this is going to be the last topic. And then I'm going to make sure that I put the link inside of the chat so that you guys can uh, call in with us. All right. So here's the last topic. Are band directors happier having a well-known marching band rather than music studio? Are band directors happier having a well-known marching band rather than music studio? Rick? Uh, I think the question is kind of weird for me because most band directors don't have a music studio. You know, most most directors of bands will have, like, they'll maybe teach one other class or so. But most well, my, 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 um, the question was more or less asking about the, the, music department oh, okay. in itself, not directly music studio. Well, I mean, like, I think it ties back into the last question. Most of these people don't know what the hell they, well, excuse me, some of these people don't know what the hell they doing to build a music department. 
As a bander, as a director of bands, you have to have a great relationship with your applied lessons teachers. Why? Because the applied studio is where your students learn how to play, not sitting in one ensemble. You know, you get timbre and tone and all those developmental things in your applied lesson studio. So you get the applied lesson studio state. All right, now we go to these uh, chamber ensemble. Let's teach the kids how to play and listen to one another. So let's get them in brass quintets, woodwind quintets, uh, clarinet ensembles, what up, flute ensembles. Then from there, we start thinking about large ensembles. All right. And large ensembles should be audition based. You shouldn't just, or you can appoint the best players to the top ensemble. And then, you know, it's going to create some hard feelings. But hey, you don't like it? Practice. They go to that practice room right over there. Go, go, go ahead and hit it. You know what I'm saying? We have to start teaching our kids that disappointment is a part of what we do. You ain't going to just get what you want just because you want it. You know, Mario bought it up uh, when he first got on the call. When he got to Norfolk State, he was the best clarinet player we had. When I got to Norfolk State, I, I played, uh, I sat first chair in every single ensemble. You know what I'm saying? So there, I didn't really have that driving force to Mario, to Mario and them got there in 01. You know, because C could play, Anton could play. All these people came in that could play. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, I got, you know, some companionship now. But at the end of the day, like, to be a college band director is a huge job. A, majority of your job is not going to be standing in front of an ensemble. Majority of your job is doing paperwork and handling the behind-the-scenes thing to get your band moving. That's why you have a, a competent, legitimate staff behind you. But it's hard to do so when you're paying them forty and thirty-five thousand dollars. I interviewed for a school in North Carolina right when I graduated with my master's. I'm not gonna name the school, but I interviewed I interviewed with a school in North Carolina right after I graduated with my master's, and went through the whole process. And they offered me twenty-eight thousand dollars to teach college. <laughs> Mario, I, I, I lost it. And when I turned the job down, Mr. Adams called me and cussed me out. I was like, Mr. Adams, I'm not taking that little bit of money just to do this. Nope. Just not. You know what I'm saying? Like, nope. at the end of the day, you have to have more respect for yourself. If you have talent, you don't have to sell. Yeah, it may take you a while to get where you want to be, but talent speaks for itself. So I think that at the end of the day, knowing how to build a well-rounded music program in conjunction with the people that are in partnership with you is important. And I think that that stuff's not taught at the collegiate level because, or is not focused on because of how heavily um, influenced these programs are now majority from marching band. Like, I'm sorry, the best HBCU went on some I've ever heard was FAMU. But most people wouldn't know it. Why? Because they don't get they, they, you know, those videos aren't being posted. Fam has a lot of videos on YouTube with their win ensemble. You can go check them out if you want to hear some good win ensemble. But that's not the stuff people are sharing a thousand times, fifteen hundred times. You know, I hope Justin, you know, I hope he jumps on today. I hope Justin go hit some of these concert band concerts. Let's get some of that on Showtime and and Smash Brothers and all these, you know, these um, video, um, no, Smash Time, sorry, all these different platforms. He said Showtime and Smash Brothers. <laughs> Smash Brothers. Super Smash. <laughs> that is a video game. Right. 
<laughs> but all these platforms. We mix the Rogers Brothers and Smash Time. Right. <laughs> Let's get some win ensemble on these platforms, man. And I, you know, I hope I hope that those brothers hear this, man. Let's get some of that on there. Go to go to some of these. So yeah, I think that's the way. So I'll shut up because I probably didn't say what y'all wanted to say. We don't know what Quan gonna say because he can't even get his stuff together. I don't know what's going on. He didn't phone and knocked out camera oh lord all right uh let's keep it up let's keep it going though uh mario our band director is happier having a well-known <laughs> marching band rather than a music studio um i mean i don't know if it's my opinion like do i think they should be or do i think they are like i think yeah they should be happier with having um a well you know a well-balanced studio and having great musicians in their program that's going to produce great educators and performers out of their school but we're also talking about the difference between secondary education and you know higher education so if i'm thinking uh a, i think it's the same answer but when you are in in higher education at an hbcu oftentimes the marching band is running it's the it's the it's the engine that fuels the school and attention that that's garnered through that organization so having a great marching band is what keeps sometimes keeps people's jobs, keeps people's career going. And, uh, you know, having a great, you know, private studio of, you know, stuff going that, that, that's not what's acknowledged and recognized. So, yeah, I mean, as a music person, yeah, to, to me, it's important, but it doesn't mean that that's, what's going to be important to, and you know, the uh, Dean of something or some type of person that's in charge of whatever the program is, the, the president of the university, that person wants there to be people in the seats, the energy of the crowd rocking. They want all those things happening. And I'm saying that I believe both can happen. I think if your program is good, it should be based on really having strong musicians. So if we have great musicians, then that makes our ensemble much better and, and it sound better and get more notoriety. And then we get the right type of kid in here. So, you know, you can do more with less. You don't need you don't need many to be, man, this is the Detroit saying we say all the time. You don't need many to do plenty. So I just believe it's important to understand, like, you can have a, a less, you know, le you don't have to have 250 people. I can have 200 people, but if they doing the right thing and playing the right way, you handling business. But you're not going to get those type of kids in if you're only focused on this one aspect and they never see the other side of playing. That's what Rick's talking about. They got to see the other side. They have to embrace and, and understand that that's, there's something great there that I can I can build from. We were talking about, I think, is it is it April 21st, Julian? Is it the 21st, 22nd, that jazz band comp, HBCU jazz band competition? I don't want to spoil it. I know we're going to talk about that probably later or whatever, but there's an event coming up that don't really get you know promoted or publicized, and I think those are the type of things that we should be pushing in addition to the marching band stuff. I'm not saying instead of, but just in addition. Promote all these things that are great musically that are coming out of our schools. And then when you do that, you won't have to worry about answering a question like this and actually trying to figure out which more is more important because both will be important. So that's, you know, how I see that. I, I just want just want to say this. My apologies for all the internet, the school internet was updating. But anyway, my whole point is this. At the end of the day, every single one of us on this phone are in an organization of some sort. And whatever whatever or however you had to gain membership to your organizations through this process is, is your business. But I'd be damned, real talk, if you worked hard, crossed the burning sand, so to speak, to earn your due diligence to gain membership to the organization, you wouldn't like that same 
if somebody was just giving it uh giving to somebody else why 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 as band directors we have to feel the same way about these specific and prestigious positions you should feel some type of way that's all i'm saying i don't give a shit if you have a million followers on youtube facebook or whatever some like sometimes taking the shortcuts is the reason why we're having these conversations and the reason why these departments can't go to the next level because we're so marching band heavy it's it's about popularity over a person that can honestly elevate these music departments and music programs to the next level that's just my opinion like i i, I feel like it's like okay he popular all right let's give it to him because we want to quote unquote put butts in the seat but is that is that most beneficial for that department at the end of the day i earned my masters so i don't give a shit what nobody said i i paid it out of my pocket i earned mine and just like rick is earning his doctoral degree right now when he becomes doctor uh, dr brown you put a handle on it because that's what i earned not give it that's all i'm saying Put some respect on my name. Put some respect on it. Great Scott. That's going to be time I see him when he get his degree. That's all I'm going to say. Marty. Great Scott. That's all I'm going to say. I, Maya, our band director's happier having a well-known marching band rather than a music studio. Uh, I guess I would just take the ignorant approach. Thank you. Finally. Because it's like, I mean, she too. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Wait, can y'all hear me now? There she go. <laughs> Smits. Oh Complete my god, Smits. that was right. embarrassing. <laughs> You got hit with that Smith's daddy. Yeah, it got you. <laughs> okay, revenge Damn. of the Wi-Fi. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't dump that. It ain't like we in radio. I can't dump that. So you just go. That's just gonna have to stay. I ain't gonna clip it though. When I cut the video, I'm not gonna put that in there. I'm gonna start with whatever you about to go with right now. Go ahead. No, let it. Well, shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. Okay, well, you I said something about. I'm gonna take the ignorant approach. Okay, so I feel like. With a bigger band, possibly more likely brings a bigger budget, brings more media attention, brings more presence, more this, that, and the third. And you telling me we're going to keep the house regardless. You telling me that I don't have to do as much work. You telling me that I ain't really got to put the dollars and the ducats in, and I'm still going to get the dollars and the ducats on the back end? Shit me? Hell yeah. Sign me up. Shit. I'm going to get the bag and the respect. Of course, the, the majority of people are going to think like that. Now, do I personally think like that? Not so much. But that's why I'm not convinced that the majority of band directors out here do not have that same mindset. I mean, uh, uh, if we, if we want to take it down a notch, think about the lack of creativity, the lack of musicianship, the lack of all the things that we speak on a week-to-week basis and how they don't seem as prominent in the HBCU world or the band world or whatever the case may be, I think there's because at, at some point in time, I can just ride the wave. As the band director, I can just ride the what keeps on going and I still got my dollars in my pocket. So more money, less out, less input, hell yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with it. 
And, and I'm also not convinced that the man at the top that gets the, that, that on the outside gets the clout is more times than not, potentially, not the person that's putting in the work anyhow, not the person that's building these bands. Well, I think that that's a subjective statement and that's kind of, um, that's a little bit um, on the on the on the fence line that'll get us going viral for the wrong reasons. But nine times out of ten, well, not nine times out of ten because I don't know, but I am not convinced that at all times the man at the top is always the person that is doing the most work and the person that cares the most. So, needless to say, in terms of this question. Would I rather have, or would band directors rather have a, a marching band than being able to have the fundamentals in the music studio and this and the third? Yes, because I ain't got to do shit. I ain't got to do as much, and everything's still gravy. But maybe I'm wrong. I just like the ignorance that you bring to the table. Thank I mean, you. I appreciate. It. I can only I, be myself. Yeah, you know, I expect you to expect you to be Dallas. So what's I'm from the hood mm -hmm, and Indians. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I know. I done been up and through that wood too many times. So it's so I I I love it. I love it. Thank love you. It. I appreciate it. Keep it one hundred. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Did anybody have a rebut? No. Nobody. Well, I didn't. I didn't go because due to my phone stuff. I'm sorry. Oh, well, you you responded. I thought that was your. I thought that was your. Uh, your your thoughts i guess that was a response to rick my the last one. yeah no 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 bro. I, I mean i i agree with, nah, i i know you good big dog uh i agree with maya from what we see now and from all what we spoke about unfortunately at the hbcu level the marching band reigns rule supreme at the you know in regards to the music department it's unfortunate and i think that's why we have these conversations and we complain and lament about you know where are the small ensembles? Where where are the uh, the 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 different ensembles outside of marching band? Because the truth is, those are the experiences that make you a better music educator when it's time for you to become one. Like the problem is why a lot of young band directors focus on marching band because that's all they did for the most part. Like majority of your time, think about it. In the fall, you you was burning at mid you was burning at midnight oil. In the spring, you possibly was in pet band or you was prepping real talk band camp for the next year. A lot of the times, you know, wind ensemble, like we've said it on the phone, I mean, on the phone, but on this uh, platform, like you re repeated and recycled the same literature that the band director knew just to say I put something out. Like I could say this. And. When I was at Prairie View, I was upset about my conducting class because I thought, hey, conducting, I'm going to be able to conduct a piece, you know, for the wind ensemble. Wrong. Because he recycled the same music at that specific time. Like, that's all I'm saying, bro. It's like, we're cheating. We're cheating paying customers, so to speak, paying students out of the true experience what they're supposed to have had. And when they get out here, they all they know is marching band and blow that hoe and certain aspects and it takes them about 10 years if they really serious about the craft to catch up on what they miss and then we're compared with our counterparts that's white that had a totally different experience that understands the balance and the best of both worlds but we don't want to have them conversations and then we get mad when we're not as marketable as our counterparts because our counterparts they know they march core most of their fine arts directors came from their school 
but you're not as marketable because they already looked down on your HBCU. All you really did was marching band. When you sit in the interview, you can't speak about uh, literature because they ask you questions like that on your interview. And when you when you can't when you can't sell yourself like that, well, shit, I wouldn't hire you either. But then we go back to the last question. We're hiring people off a of clout. So what you want? So at this point, yes, the marching band reigns supreme, not wind ensemble, not, you know, uh, quartets, not not really none of those. We don't hear that and we don't push that. So it, it's unfortunate. But what do I know, bro? Um, Just to just say this real quick, I don't know if uh, Chief is about to say something, but um, I will tell you this going to tech for my master's degree was a wide was eye opening for me because it made me realize the, the information that I didn't receive. But the other half of that is where I work now talking to so many people who went to SFA and UNT and TCU and listening to their undergraduate experiences is just mind blowing. Realizing the things that they did, Versus the things that we just did not do, you know, um, and just little things. I mean, so even like just going back to like the first conversation we had with like partying and stuff like the the percussion, the percussion studio hung out with each other, not the drum line, the percussion studio hung out with each other, the bassoon studio hung out with each other. And they had different teachers or, or professors per each instrument. There was a professor for for the bassoon studio. There was a professor for the clarinet studio. Whereas the experience that myself and Rick and Chief had, there was one professor for all the woodwinds. When I got to Norfolk, it was kind of two professors, but then Dr. Carlson tipped on out. So then it was one professor for all the high brass. You know what I'm saying? So just different experiences, man. So but that's I, a financial thing though, right? That's not, I don't, I don't that's not necessarily a want or need thing. That is a budgetary thing. Like, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of these HBCUs can't afford to have, you know, these massive staffs to do what, you know, these larger schools are able to do. I think it's, it's incredible that the fact that they are able to do anything like you talked about Norfolk, her teaching all them woodwinds. Like, I mean, you know, and whatever that is, it's challenging, you know, like burnout, I'm sure is a thing. Um, yeah, it was, that was tough. Yeah. For her. yeah so I it still is. it's on, it's on form. It's on for, unfortunate, man. but the problem yeah. is they pump so much money into these marching bands. You know, that it's taken away from the win ensemble and stuff like that. But that's a band director decision thing, right? Because if I was a director of band somewhere, I would earmark money for the win ensemble and things like that to do a tour or to do, you know, to buy the instruments I need to be successful. You got band programs, man, that have over a million dollar budget, including scholarships. My band program, we don't have scholarships for marching band at all. And we have a 300 piece marching band. We have one scholarship, and that goes to the the um, the um, baton twirl. That's it. Everybody else is there is because they want to be there. So our resources are going to things that are going to make the band better, not paying people 
to do what they're supposed to do. Because in a lot of cases, we all know that's the that's the case. You are paying people to show up to March Man. And you got a lot of people at the HBCU level saying, shoot, I ain't getting that scholarship. That is tight. I am not showing up. It is tight. So that 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 even brings up a whole nother, you know, group of questions and stuff like that. You know, is this a paid activity? It is in some cases. I mean, I, let me I, I'm just going inter, to interject real quick and then you can keep going. I mean, I just had a conversation with one of my colleagues who literally said I didn't and she went to UNT. I didn't get my scholarship until like my junior year because I had to earn it. My direct, she said, my bassoon professor came up to me my third year and said, all right, now I believe that you have at least earned a, earned your scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, I remember going to do auditions. I told this story on the show before. I think it's time to tell it again. Going to an audition and auditioning a bass drum player in a, a practice room the size of a closet and this kid beating that damn bass drum like it, like it was like it owed him money. <laughs> he was hitting the hell out this space room, and then sent me an email saying, "Hey, I never got my scholarship offer. Ain't rolled no xylophone in there. Ain't rolled no snare drum, no cymbals, no tambourine to show he can play tambourine style. Tambourine is one of the hardest instruments to play in the percussion family. If you do it correctly, none of that stuff. That man came in, hit that bass drum, daddy." Showed me he was big pookie with that bass drum hitting that thing as loud as he could in the exactly with the butt dance on it hitting it and then <laughs> and expected a full ride scholarship for that. But I don't blame him. I blame the band director because you ain't prepared that kid to do auditions. Like what do these people do? They just show the hell up, let the kid do whatever they want, and go home and, and like it, it astounds astounds me. That, that, that directors aren't helping these kids with that. Or that, you know, it's, it's just, it's baffling, man. But the, like I said, I don't blame the student. I blame the person that is preparing those kids for that type of stuff. So I'll leave it there for me. All right. <clears throat> man, it, uh, great comments, everything, man. So let's go ahead and, 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 and welcome another piece of the family in here he's in here weak i guess he's still laughing at you rick so let's go ahead and welcome justin in bro imagine like a a six by six room i'm stuffed in the corner of the room because he had to get the bass drum in the room a Bro, man, that hold of death. No, he couldn't. Even, he couldn't even put the left hand in it as much because it won't enough room in there. But that goddamn right stick almost hit me in the face a couple of times. <laughs> Laying in it, boom, 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 boom. I was like, <laughs> like Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher, come out, come out, stop poking me, come out. Like, <laughs> oh man, busting heads and every fucking nah, day. No, nah, <laughs> I will never crazy. forget that long. That this and and Justin, I hate to say it, this was in Louisiana too. <laughs> Bro, this was in Louisiana. I ain't gonna say where, but it was in Louisiana. Bro, and was and Justin and was expecting the full ride. Bro, was expecting. He was. He, he hey. Dog. Hey. 
Man, he ain't played not I'm one kidding. rudiment. Not one. <laughs> not one. Not one scale, no nothing. That the man slowest that. single stroke of all time. <laughs> that man came in there and played cold-hearted snake and walked. What you told him after that? What was the exact word? Bro, I, I don't even remember what my exact words were, but like you know, I was able to the effect of okay, are you gonna play some scales or something? Where's the xylophone? Where something? Because our scholarships are for percussion, it's not for just somebody gonna sit there and beat the hell out of a bass drum. Man, you gotta tell me offline where that was at, boy. If you tell me, I probably can tell you the player was too. That's crazy. <laughs> Ooh. All right, man. I'm, I, I wanted to get on here earlier, man, because y'all y'all talking about that. I forgot the topic what what it was, but about the um, band directors, I guess getting just getting in schools. And when I made a comment, Quan, you said some real stuff, bro. It was so funny, but you, 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 was, you was heartfelt, you know what I'm saying? You like, it's some bullshit. But I know college, college presidents, you know what I'm saying? They seen me eating chicken at a, at a, at a cookout and came to me. You, do, you the smash time guy? We're looking for a band director who, who can give us the southern side. Like, this the president, nigga. Like, you don't get no bigger than this, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, okay, man. I, I may know some people, you know what I'm saying? So when we were saying that, that just, I feel like, Y'all are a small dot on the on, on a freckle face, man. Like in the, in this band world. And like I said, I get to see it from both sides, man. Drumline taught us so many lessons, bro. And sometimes we just forget about them. You know what I'm saying? Like what the president wanted at NT. You know what I'm saying? Fuck with Mr. Lee wanted, you know what I'm saying? He wanted that that that, that smoke, you know what I'm saying? Morris Brown had the popular band that just was in. And everybody have to answer to somebody. So like that was funny what y'all was talking about about these not qualified band um, directors getting these positions. That's even funny too. But it's crazy. It's, it's 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 crazy to say somebody that's qualified versus somebody who's not qualified. But the person who's not qualified has more clout with the the, the, the southern since we throw that in 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the mix. I went to a popular school. The mix is going to get the job. But sometimes we still we still forget. We see how wrong it is. But we do forget. Popularity brings students. Students bring. We, bro, just a, I, I want to cut you off, bro. But we didn't say that the people from Southern aren't qualified. What we said was no, that's actually the, opposite. What we said. Right. We what we're saying is that having the S on your chest means that you are. That is a that is a sign off in itself. Right. The right. S means that your foot is getting in the door. Right. Like, and then we went on to say people like Brian Simmons. Those brothers are talented. So. It was only a, I'll even put it like this. It was only a matter of time until he got his own band. It may not have been TSU. It would have been, it could have been any band. I'm sorry, in HBCU band world, 80% to 90% of bands would have seen that brother's name on the list and he would have got an interview. And, and not to and not to mention some of the people we were talking, the people that are that like people are kind of subtweeting basically with mm-hmm. these, oh, they don't have the degree. They're not southern people. Of course, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no, not and, southern people. That's other people. They from other places, and they get right. them, you know, some DeVry and and University of Phoenix degrees and shit, and, and they going in there, and and that's not and that's not to shade those programs, but it's not it's it doesn't the pedagogy skills are not there, but the band clout is there, so it's like or yo, just degrees go, and people, people like no, they like yo, just go get the paperwork. We are gonna hire you. Just go get the paper, I, and I can feel that's the conversation. And I feel like that's bullshit because it's right. like, like, right. like, like, no lie, bro. I'm a, I'm a symphonian, like, real talk, like, for real. Like, 
if I had a watch, I could tell you the time. I just go that deep. But what I'm saying is when I be damn, bro, if you just going to I'm going to give you something that I earned. Like, that's the thing. Like to and I don't think and sh shame on whoever the fuck that president is. Shame on him, because that's the overall perception of value of a music educator. Now I'm just going, like, I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying, I'm going to get somebody up the goddamn street, but I want it like this. Like, how dare you? Like, we're, we're aficionados in our field. Like, respect our gangster fam. Like, you wouldn't do that shit to the goddamn geometry teacher, but you'll do that shit to the music teacher. Like, I, and I, and like, we're talking, that's the shit that I'll, I'll call your hands out because you're being disrespectful, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like in regards to Brian or those brothers who are college directors that graduated from SU, hey, peace be on them because they're doing awesome jobs. But all I'm saying is I'd be damned if I can't respect the person if you don't have a master's and you can't even be on faculty, but you just a band director. But Which how about, but how about this too? But how about this too, Quine and Justin? I want to hear your thoughts on this too. Because Justin brought this up and I agree with Justin. I think I was the only person at the time that agreed with him when he said this too. They got the cachet, bro. They got years and years of great band directors that have gone out and done the job at extremely high level. You look at the college band directors right now, I would go out on a limb to say about 40% of college band directors in the HBCU went to Southern. I agree. Howard, Howard PV, Southern, uh, all across the country. There's either a staff member. A staff member, right, a staff member or a, band, a head director went to the S. It's a right. lot of schools, Quan, where they degrees don't mean shit because when people from that school go and get jobs, they band suck. Oh, talk about that. But that's a big uh, piece, though. That's a big piece. That's that's the thing. Bro. That's like, a big piece. Dog, like, listen, like, we being real today. This shit got like, like, what you learn like, from. Like, right. what you learn from. Like, we like, get mad. Show us what you learn. We get mad when a school system says, no, nah, we don't want to get no kids from that school. I can see if it's just the racial aspect, right? Oh, that's where all the black people come from, or that's the HBCU style band. Most of the time, it ain't that. Most of the time, it's, well, shit, we gave such and 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 such a chance, and they either ain't here fucking the kids or, oh, let me, let me, doing things they ain't supposed to do. Or they bands are terrible. So at some point you gotta say, Whoa, is me. I'm not I'm not going down that, that rabbit hole no more. And I think that's what people like people from PV get a bad rap. We got a lot of talent that came out of PV that had to fight just to be able to prove themselves, just to be able to get where they are right now. But the messed part about that, to, to the I've said in interviews, bro, where fine arts people be like. Say, I heard y'all got good bands, but shit, half of y'all ain't certified. My, my guy, look at mine, though. You see what I'm saying? It's like, and I have the same credentials as you as the fine arts director. Look, check check out my, I got ones, too. I have solo and ensembles, too. And I, But just the bottom line, I just feel like HBCUs, regardless of the university, we cannot continue to create the narrative that because you wouldn't do that honestly for a person that's trying to be a nurse, you wouldn't do that. My thing is, we only do that shit. It seemed like in the music department, it comes across that way. Let me say that it just comes across that way. And I, I feel like at the end of the day, 
we have to, at the end of the day, regardless if that band director might have had a shitty band, I just got other questions like, did they truly support you? Did they did they did they create the same type of playing field that if you was going to give that to we use in Southern, but a Southern band director? And if you fail, well, that's on you. But if you show favoritism to that other band director pending that school, well, that's a whole different situation. Squirrel. I could play devil's advocate to it a little bit. Yeah, I've thought about something. I'm gonna tell you what I why I'm gonna play devil's advocate. So because it's an art and not a science, it's slightly different. For example, if you are legendary, they do this up here in this area, people who are legendary jazz musicians who then get on faculties to teach the kids at the university because they have shown a high level of skill in the in their profession. They're out there performing at a very high level and they're very respected, but they don't have degrees though. And so they get to be on staffs or get to do certain things that other people can't do because they have a skill level. Now, that's the only piece that I would say. If you have a, some type of platform where you're able to show an significant amount of skill in whatever you're doing, then I can understand that. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about people who haven't shown much of any damn thing. They just been hired and hired by the same chitlin circuit. And because they keep passing each other around and shit, it's easy to get a job because you can just go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. I got fired from this little small ass school. Let me go to the next little small ass school and then do the same shit over and over and over. And that's why you don't see new people going into those programs because they not going to leave them because most of those people don't have degrees that can support them going anywhere else. And if you can teach at an HBCU, you should still be able to teach at a PWI. They that also not gonna lead a smaller program too because I hate to say it, we talk about why these small schools don't be growing. These small schools be having all that banner that's been a thousand of years and just getting by. The small right. schools don't even take take it take it serious. The small school may be the most prestigious HBCU, but they don't give two shits about the arts. It makes me say y'all think the sciences are more important than the arts. Here. That's what you basically are saying. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, but I'm eager to hear what Amos Chris. You be you be speaking that stuff. I want to hear what you got. Hey, family. What What's going on, Crystal? Crystal? Hey, that big sis. What you got? Uh, mm, this I should be in the bed. First of all, I should be in the bed. <laughs> well, I know I got to teach in the morning. I should be in the bed. One, nobody thinks about the long game when it comes to these positions. Like, we have people who don't have degrees that they get these, like, you know, Chief said, you get these small schools and then they're expendable. They don't have no protections. They don't have no tenure. They don't have none of those things that will, in the long term, benefit them. They just got clout for a minute. And then when they they screw up, they got nothing. You know, I at least know with my three degrees and some tenure that the union going to protect me. Um, not saying that that's where it should be, but it's, it's a little harder to get rid of me. But you got these people, they don't have no degrees, and they're not thinking about the long game. Um they're expendable. You know, they're kind of like special teams. You can find anybody play on a special team. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk a little sports, but it, it makes sense, right? You know, you're not going to be able to find a, a quarterback. Think about people like Brett Favre. They, they stay so long because they were damn near irreplaceable at the end of the day. And then what's sad is schools, we kind of setting up our educators for failure because they go out in the real well, and that standard ain't changing. 
They still asking for you to be certified. They still asking for that degree. And at best, they'll give you a conditional. At best, they'll start you at baseline salary making, you know, chicken dinner salaries. And then, you know, you, you, you get a little hyped up. You get a little band program. You put all that time and effort. And at the end of the day, one mistake, you out of there. And they go find somebody else. And I just don't understand why we we promote this because th these are brothers and sisters going out into the real world being set up for failure. I don't care how popular your band is. If it comes down to somebody with a, another degree, whether you think they're qualified for it or not, they're going to, they're going to one up you. I could take, I could take a lot of people's job. And that's not because I'm probably better. It's just the fact that I'm safer. They know that I have something invested. They know that a hundred thousand dollars worth of school loan debt, I'm least likely to be touching somebody's kid. I got too much at risk. But when when you talk about people who they ain't finished their degree, they got nothing to lose. You know, like you said, Chief, they could just go find another job. They go hire. There's a reason why I'm not a college band director, because right. I'm not going to take anything. I'm not going to take anybody's position. I'm definitely not taking a rehab program for that. anything less than, you know, that. something that could pay my school loans. It's just real. It may sound arrogant, but when you put that much time and energy into your education, it's not so much that you know more. It's about time invested in discipline. You're just not going to give that up for any damn thing. I sure as hell wouldn't. And you crazy to even encourage somebody to want to do it because you get old. Eventually, you got to retire. You ain't retiring off of $30,000 a year. You're going to be at the Walmart collecting those ticket daddies. See, I'm using y'all words, right? <laughs> greeting, greeting everybody at the door. <laughs> what you got? Nothing. What your kids got? Nothing. Culture. And what's sad is white schools done figured this out. They done figured out how to pay somebody like, you know, Rick. They done figure out how to pay somebody like Quan who got a degree or two and got the culture. I, I hate to say it, but when Marilyn called me, I was like, yes. As much as my heart is with all of my HBCUs, especially my alma mater, you ain't hire me. I'm going to go where the bag at. I'm going to go where the insurance at. I'm going to go where that 401k daddy at. I'm going to go wherever I need to go. So when my child, he becomes an adult, I got something to give him. I can't give him too much, you know, cranking up in the community band until I'm 45. And that's not saying there's anything wrong with it. I know I'm, I'm, I, uh, Rick, you good? <laughs> I was thinking about you, bro. But I did it. But eventually I said, damn, these school loan people, they need their money. So I got to put this mellophone down. Where's that? In the closet. Do I pull it out every now and then? Yeah. But I tell you what, I pull out more. That clarinet when I substitute for some orchestra. And I want half my money before I even leave. Half. I ain't even, I ain't even putting my instrument in the car. Unless I got to check it. It don't come out the case without a certain nope. amount. Sex. It don't come out the case. Chris, are you better than me? I need to check up front. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got, I got, I'm got playing again. I sent my electric contracts. You got to send me the deposit. Hey. Uh, yeah. But it, you Before y'all go, I just want to say I appreciate how loosely them daddies is coming out of Christmas. Mm -hmm. It wasn't yeah. forced at all. The thing just slid <laughs> right out. It was I just boom. Just wanted to put that out there. Yes, All right, go ahead, Rick. You got it. But like you got Crystal playing professionally. I'm playing. I got a gig on, on Easter making 700 dollars 
playing a few charts. Mario, playing professional, all of us play. And we're saying this as people that are actually doing this, not people that are right. internet gangsters talking about doing it. And we're telling you exactly what I said on that original commentary, all right? You need to monetize what you do. You don't do anything for free. And people attack, man, this is this is an art, dog. This is, this is our culture, man. Okay, that's nice. This is my livelihood. This is how I support myself. This is how I keep clean draws. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And, and at the end of the day, I can love the culture as much as I want. But if I can't eat, I can't love the culture dead. So at the end of the day, we we can come up with every excuse, y'all, of why we aren't successful or what, you know, or why we aren't moving the culture or whatever in the right direction. At the end of the day, are we doing what's in the best interest of these students? And if you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job, man, like point blank, period. And these, like you say, Crystal, with the smaller bands and stuff like that, I made a statement at the beginning of the show because I saw a video of Deland's pet band um, from the uh, CIAA tournament, and they sound great. You got these small band bands that, like these small gyms, you got like, uh, what was the Kentucky State, um, uh, Thurman's Band. It's a couple of small bands, you know, peppered all around the country. That are good band programs, what people are saying about Savannah State now and what the direction that band is going. Like there's some things happening across the country. But the key is you look at those bands that I'm talking about, they got legit people running the program. And the last thing I'll say, Chris, I would love to get your feedback on this. I've been asking for about a month and a half, almost two months now. Why don't we have more female band directors? And this conversation has made me realize the reason why is because when we get these dope ass female band directors that interview for positions or, you know, or get hired for positions, the first thing the school want to do is lowball, paying, paying peanuts on the dollar of what they would pay somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like it like you a director of bands. We all know the work that goes into being a director of bands and you offer a fucking director of bands sixty five thousand dollars. That's across the Bible. Ah. It's a lot of people working for that. Man. That's what I'm saying. You you saying like I know 65 is coming uh, to some of these damn positions, and I I, I count two band of friends I know, and they bands ain't half as popular as as the bands that we talk about every day. That's another story for that day, which leads me to my last thing, which I was talking about about how some of these band directors when a lot of y'all say y'all wouldn't leave y'all comfortable position take a band director spot that's getting paid lower. To play devil's advocate, some people can look at that as like a resume building to something else. You know what I'm saying? Now, yes, that, that was me, Justin. This position, when I first got hired at UConn, I was making less than I was making at Prairie View my last year there. But now, I'm making way more than I was making at PV because I've I took the cut. Like I was saying, I started playing again. I started gigging with the New London Big Band. So I was able to get back on my my horn full time. I was doing all these other. I started teaching drum corps. I was doing all these things that that elevated, you know, me a from my resume standpoint, and then b, you know, I was able to supplement my income. Now, you know, I'm I'm doing great. But that all came from making the sacrifice. I, I said that when we said that I don't mind taking a pay cut if it's gonna lead to something better. But that's what Chris was saying. You got to have vision. You got to have drive. You got to have something that leads you to the next level. You know what I'm saying? You got to have something that is marketable to people. Uh, 
Hey, um, Crystal, any final thoughts uh, on any of the topics that y'all just discussed? Because y'all was going in. She I think froze. Crystal froze, yeah. I think she froze. All right. Well, well, it would get you, Justin. Justin, any fun? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I, just, I, I like, I like these for uh, uh, highly, uh, you know, raw and uncut conversations that y'all be having. Like, you know, we had the whatever the after show or whatever it was. I like that too, man. But that was just my my statement. You know what I'm saying I, I agree with y'all. You know what I'm saying? But it's just kind of the, the world that we live in with this bad stuff, man. I hate to say that that popularity will win, but I feel like sometimes y'all in the Ivy League of of this sport, you know what I'm saying? We start holding some of y'all kind of parts of um holding I ain't gonna say what I wanna say. Blame them, you know what I'm saying? Hold them accountable because a lot of them be at, I ain't a lot of them, not y'all in general, but for these small bands that suck, some of the schools they go to don't even represent the band product that they're putting out. So I think until we can start doing that, bro. Until we start getting our feet in the dough, I just think something is going to reign supreme. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down to this, this topic. And I, I hate to say it until something is done about it. It sucks, but something has to change. I would like to see it change because I won't be the one to be like, y'all said when these other people start getting in the dough, bam, going to change. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to be the person to be like, uh, I told y'all it wasn't going to happen or y'all was right. So that's just what I thought. All right. All right. All right. Man, uh, Justin, you know, we always appreciate you, brother. Appreciate your support. I got your message. I got you, bro. I sent you another message. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I sent it to you. That's the one I wanted. That's a, that's a real statement. Like, yeah, I know, but I, I, I sent you the last joint I sent you. Where, where you want me to send it? So, just give me that. Oh, you said okay. All right, cool, man. I got you, bro. You know, I appreciate you, bro. I'll see. We see you on matter of fact, we'll see you on Sunday because Crystal got her show on Sunday. So, What's- you oh, got to yeah, check yeah, yeah. All right, so All we'll right. see you then, bro. All right. Gotcha. AJ, I wanted to answer this question. I got bumped out. I know. I was out here on Beyonce's, you know, internet. Real quick, the real issue is um, women, we still dealing with that expectation that we, we have to prove ourselves to get something. Like, I know I'd never be able to get a program off of the merit of my degrees. It just would never happen. That's like you talk about Stephanie Saunders. She 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 had to prove herself for years to even get where she is and still, you know, underappreciated. So that's just the fact of the matter is, unfortunately, you know, we have to create something out of nothing before people believe that we actually can do it. Um, you know, it's just that peace standing up syndrome. We don't peace standing up. You don't believe that we could actually make it happen. Um, the other thing is, you know, black women, if we talk about black women, we the most educated group in the United States right now. We're still the lowest paid out of all the groups. And, you know, to be real, we not we at the point where we're not just going to take a position just for the sake of saying we got a position. You got too much invested. So, I, you know, and I'm sure a lot of black women can say, I'm not going to take your rehab program to prove that. I'm qualified. And then when I can't make a miracle happen, I can't make a unicorn out of shit. Now you talking bad about me. Now you saying, look who ruined the program, knowing that program that had seven or eight directors, um, five of the directors been touching kids, the other three, you know, misappropriating money. And then we got to come in and say, you know, become quote unquote, strong, magical black women. We, 
we we started to put that that cape down and say, nah, I could just go work at a white school. That's real. I could just go work at a white school where I don't have to deal with all the microaggressions. I can, and if I do, at least I know what to expect. Because I tell you what they will respect, your degree. Yeah. That's right. Enough said. <laughs> and that's a fact, Jack. That's no, fact. I mean, she. I mean, she's spitting facts. But I, I, I knew I lose some of the things, but the fact of the matter is, y'all, we're fighting other things that are country misogyny. We can't. We ain't gonna get rid of misogyny overnight. We just not. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of like I keep saying. It's a lot of dope female band directors. One that pops into mind is one, one of our Spartan Legion sisters, Toya. Look at the things Toya's doing down there in Texas. Couldn't get an opportunity to be in leadership at Norfolk. Soon as she get out, finished that doctorate degree, instantly hired as an assistant director of bands at the best music school, in my opinion, in the country. Probably in the, one of the best in the world. Instantly. Like, that was her first job out of graduate school, was at the University of Texas. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't get an opportunity anywhere else. So, you know, I, I raised that subject, Crystal, out of respect, but out and to and to start a fire. All these dope ass women that can do these jobs at a high level. And the only person that's got a, a band larger than 150 people as a director of bands is Dr. Robo. That's it. Like, come on, man. They gotta get the, the dumpster fire, you know, to hey, make this 20-piece band sound like Southern. <laughs> right. Rehab programs. We get that rehab. Hey. Right. So well, shout out to people like Facia and Juliet and Miss Sanders, you know, being a, a associate director. All these dope ass women who are hella good musicians. Juliet, yeah. my Juliet was my mentor teacher, y'all. When I first started teaching, when I first when I got my first job, they tried to put me with another director, and I was I'm good on that. I went right over there to Juliet and said, "Will you please be my mentor teacher?" And Juliet took me under her wing and showed me the ropes. I will love that woman forever. You know what I'm saying? And and not to mention, she had one of the best uh, show-style high school bands in the country. They won Isometric yeah. three years in a row. I was say, yeah, they won national. Right, three years in a row. Yep. Now she's, you know, she's up and coming with Elizabeth City, and she's going, you know, one day she's going to be somebody's college president. Like, she's just dope, man. It's a lot of women that I just wish, you know, would get a, a, a better opportunity and face Facia, you know, they is a hell of a musician. We marched with Facia, who's at Virginia Union. So, like, all these dope-ass women, we see y'all. We appreciate y'all. Thanks. And I hope that y'all get the opportunity that you deserve. Well, if you want to continue seeing these dope-ass women as directors who are who are doing things in the game, you can join Crystal at 6, six o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, 5 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time on Diver Lady Band Director right here on the Passion Is Network. All female panel. Like I told you before, that first show was like super dope. And so y'all can join her on Sunday, this Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. I think I did. I think I did you justice. We did. We did that good, Crystal. All right. All right, you need right. that advertisement, Daddy. <laughs> Absolutely, you know you saw how I slid that down. Slide, no, she, I yeah. know she got it's it. Y'all. You starting to get a little smooth with it. Right, right. You get a little smooth with it. You get nice with it. Now all I got to do yeah. is work on my twos, and I'll be all right. Yeah, they twos. Yeah, I got to work on my twos. 
222. You a whole dummy, yo. You a whole dummy, yo. You a whole dummy, yo. <laughs> all right, Crystal. I will see you on Sunday. We will all see you on Sunday. It's been a pleasure. Go ahead and get you some rest, girl. All yeah, right. She got that hoodie daddy on. She's right. trying to hide something. It, it night night. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't waiting to put her hoodie on. She just can't go. Look, right, Maya got steam or something. Maya either hitting the weed in the background or something. <laughs> Yo, I was like, why you <laughs> that, 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 that is that is steam from this food. Thank you so much. Oh. She don't do that. Yeah, that oh, is steadiest. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> this, this, this seafood rotel, okay? Oh, Lord. Is it hidden? It's either it is. You either hit the seafood daddy or the seafood daddy. And it is. Twin it, twin, twin. Man, I will. I will, yeah. <laughs> I will say this. It is definitely a pleasure to always have a family. You know, I, I love being around the family we can laugh all daggone day and talk shit at the same time so uh but we gotta we gotta wrap it up man because we got we got jobs and wake to get to tomorrow uh we we still got i still got uil coming up so we gotta work with these chilling to make sure that they where they need to be by the 31st so let's go ahead and get on out of here let's do it the way we always do it rick any final thoughts anything you got for the culture yeah man i've been uh you know i like to give us some good music to jam out to got a couple albums but before i do like the like the popular music go listen to some win ensemble stuff y'all like go go broaden your palette so i'm gonna give you a couple pieces to listen to from a rent ensemble perspective uh i'm doing the this piece on on our next concert cycle it's called anti-fanfare go look up anti-fanfare anti-fanfare is a dope ass piece when you think the word fanfare you think brass uh, this piece is called Anti-Fanfare because it's just for woodwinds and percussion. So this is how I'm opening my upcoming concert um, for um, for our last concert of the year. And we've started playing and the woodwind section is killing it, man. So maybe I'll post like a little short snippet of it like on my uh, Facebook or something so you guys can check it out. But um, go check that out. Uh, and then there's an awesome, I'm closing this program with an awesome saxophone quartet piece called Ciudades, Ciudades, S, uh, sorry, C-I-U-D-A-D-E-S. It's a really, really cool saxophone quartet and one ensemble piece, and it, it's legit, man. We started working on it today, and it was whipping our ass, but we, we were able to make it towards the end, so we were good. Uh, if you want some new, like, popular music to listen to, uh, some stuff you may not have heard, a dope artist named Trey Stella. T-R-E-I, Stella. She has an album called Sorry uh, Sorry for the Wait. It's a really dope album, man. I was feeling it. Uh, Ashley J posted this video on her Instagram with her singing to this track by this guy named Master Soul Boy. Yeah. So Master Soul Boy is another good one. He has like a bunch of different singles on iTunes. And then lastly, a dope album I've been listening to that I thought would be cool is a guy named Michael Dunaway. D-U-N-A-W-A-Y. Name of that album is P-H-Y-L-O-G-E-N-Y. All right, I'm not going to mess that up because y'all be making fun of me. So <laughs> three dope albums that you can go check out, man. I promise you they'll get you. How you, how you spell the trade? T-R-E-A? Yeah, T-R-E-A and last name Stella. Got it. So dope albums. Y'all want to hear some good music tomorrow. Get you through the day. 
that'll do that, man. Support Black, man. There's a lot of great things coming up, y'all. Uh, I'll be in New York this uh, weekend for the NC starting the NCAA tournament. So if you're in the New York area, come holler at your boy. Uh, I'll be at Madison Square Garden. We playing there. So uh, I love my people, man. I always want to see us do better, man. So let's do it. Chief, when you go out there and see Rick, make sure y'all take pictures because I know you're going. All right. Uh, come on. Any final thoughts, anything you got for the culture, bro? Um, I, I, I didn't have a chance to say it last week, but you know, um, I bless God for, I was voted teacher of the year, um, uh, for my school and I'll be, uh, be going up for the district teacher of the year as well. Congratulations, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm very, I'm very humbled by, um, and you know, and I'm just thankful that, you know, my peers voted for me. I think I'm the first fine arts person to win this award in like like thing like 15 years. But uh it's just a blessing, man. And let's just keep working, like Rick said, support black. And let's keep doing what's right by our kids to get them to the college level. Then I pray these college professors are truly preparing these music educators for what they have to face. That's it. All right. And and most definitely congratulations to you, brother. Uh, I told you, I told you on Monday. I thought that was dope. So we gonna we gonna still celebrate that all all week. Oh, the week is almost over. Well, we gonna celebrate that till Friday. Then we done. All right, uh, Chief. Any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture? Oh, uh, first thing, man. It's just good to be back, man. Um, life uh, life can be tough, man. And so uh, it's just been a lot going on in the personal life, man. Just working everything out, man. Uh, things are still yet to 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 finalize but everything's getting closer for me to be in a in, in a in a good space man i put my 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 god first my family second myself after that man and and i focus on those things so much so that anything that is not that is backseat and so if you don't see me know my heart's in the right place and it's always with you guys here man um something i've been working on with my uh, my program man my my jazz band um small group this year we're still kind of building up but we got a huge 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 call the other day um wbgo i'm not not sure if you all are familiar with wbgo wbgo is the oldest jazz radio station in the united states um and it resides here on park place avenue in newark new jersey and um we were told recently that wbgo is going to be changing the name of park place avenue to wayne shorter way so they're going to be naming the street after the great Wayne Shorter, tenor saxophonist, soprano saxophonist, uh, composer, you know, just great musician in person um, who I just who had recently, I think a couple of years ago when he was still performing. I got a chance to see him and Herbie Hancock at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. Um, we were requested to perform as the um, they're going to change the name of the street from, you know, Park Place Avenue to Wayne Shorter Way. So my kids are going to get a huge honor and that will always be written in the stone, man. And I think that's such a beautiful honor for me knowing that 11 years ago I came here and I ain't know nobody in this joint. So I appreciate it, man. And um, as we go forward, as we go forward, I just want to continue with um, building the strong legacy of great musicians across and in Newark, in my school in Newark and across this region as much as I can um, in all type of aspects of music, jazz, marching, concert, just being a great musician and having fun with the art, man. So I'm promoting all those band directors out there who working hard, who keep their head down, um, uh, and just do the work. You know, keep keep your keep your chin up, man, because it's uh it's effective, and these kids are noticing, and your peers are too. 
And that's why Quan got recognized because they know what's up. You put in the work, bro. Congratulations to you again. Yeah, that's that's super dope, bro. Also, yeah. shout out to uh, the uh, Norfolk State man, the uh, KK side, Five Mu Alpha, Tall Beta. Sigma. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, man, yeah, big yeah. up to them, man. Our yeah, alma mater, Aurors. Yeah, all yeah. and and I, look, I'm especially humble, y'all, because the deuce from the KK sideline. I started that kid on his instrument in middle school, man, and yeah. it's always joy a joy to see kids that you started 10, 15 years ago. Still expressing a love of music and joining the one to you know provide service in support of the band, man. So shout out to Ant who was on with us last week. Ant, um, your son, man, Will uh, crossed up into KK side, man. That's a big deal, man. And my chapter, Five you Alpha. All right, the Ruthless Romeo chapter, Mario chapter, right? Romeo, baby. So shout out, man. We just crossed uh, six young men as well. And some bigger things are coming, too. I can't talk about them yet, but some big things coming. So um, shout out to Romeo. Shout out to uh, Iota Zai, uh, E Sigma, all all y'all, man. We love y'all, and we love what y'all doing. So that, too. Yeah, most definitely. Shout out to Patrick Reddick, too. A5. Oh, yeah. All right. This a music. This a music show. <laughs> it's happened for twenty years. Twenty years. Twenty years. <laughs> it is a music show. That's why I shout out Practice Reddit. He's he's a musician. Anyway, right. uh, buttermilk biscuits. What's good, Ma? <laughs> All right, uh, my. <laughs> any, any final thoughts? Anything you got for the coach? Hello, you got to follow. Been eating too hard. Been eating too hard. Um. I don't think I got any church announcements this week, uh, but you know, just uh, as always, happy to be here. Glad we got the band back together. You see what I did there? The band back together. <laughs> Good job. Good job. She was weak. She was weak too. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that was a good one. Or at least I thought it sounded better in my head. Anyways, uh <laughs> I mean I'm glad we, we got another chance to do it again. Building community, doing the right thing. Just supporting our people, supporting our culture, supporting what we love, supporting the art. And we just gotta keep on doing it week and week over. So yeah. See y'all next week. All right. Um couple of things that that i just want to go ahead and say before i get out of here once again uh shout out to kwan for teacher of the year i think that is super dope chief the things that you were doing and the announcements that you just gave man you know brother i'm always support you in whatever you do uh you know so keep keep grinding rick you know i talk to you every day so you know i'm i rock with you and you know my you know i love you girl um so the first thing is Diary of a Lady Band Director, if you if you did not find that out or you weren't paying attention or you just coming in, make sure you check that on check that out on Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Man, Crystal has a a hell of a uh, a a panel and she has a guest panelist also coming in uh, this week. So make sure you guys check that out. Also, also Monday secondary sessions. Uh, that's also going to happen. That's at 715 um central standard time 8 15 uh eastern standard time so check that out as well uh and also please make sure that if you have not picked up your merch go look down there at the scrolling scrolling daddy down there uh go ahead and click that link and then you can use code luke bd that's my birthday 
Luke's birthday, L-U-K-E-B-D. All right, and get 15% off your purchase, man. Everything in the store, 15% off your purchase. Let me make sure I open this up so you can just let me scroll through it one more again just in case you see something that you might like and or want to grab very quickly. Boom, and there it is. It's going to be up on your screen in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There we go. Just make sure you can go through there, find something you like, just rue it. I, I was thinking about you, Mario, when I did that one, by the way. So, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, man, go pick up your merch, man. The no rap daddies is in, uh, and you can get 15 off your 15% off your purchase. Just use the code Luke BD and you get 15% off of your purchase, man. It has been a great show. Uh, been, I've enjoyed every single one of these. As a matter of fact, uh, Justin did bring it up and I want to bring it up too. Uh, I think next week and next week only we're going to do the after party because it's spring break so next week wednesday we'll do the after party and we can really get into some mess see that's why she told that terrible joke because she's sipping uh but wait a minute now this is just literally the first cup that was not a terrible joke that was great that was a gulp you just took though that was <laughs> it was a little slight baby gulp it was a gulp though <laughs> But other than that, man, I ain't got nothing else. Man, it has definitely been a pleasure. I've enjoyed this episode. We have some great things going on, some things to talk about. Other than that, we will see everybody next week. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.